Hey everybody, welcome to the Tech Neck Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. And that is Sam Hughes. Way! Hey! All right. <laughs> hey, you know why Sam is here? I, I know we just had her on the last episode also. Oh, well, yeah. But if you can't, again, if you're watching the video, you should have figured out what's happening by now. Uh, I've got the Star Wars shirt on. Da, 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 We've got an Ahsoka bobblehead up here. Dun, dun, a Funko dun, Pop. Dun, dun. Yes, a Funko Pop. Yes. Dean's making some music that's not Star Wars. Yes, it was. Was it? <laughs> yes. It didn't sound like it. Whatever. I, Copyright. Was John Williams of some sort. I'm not. <laughs> but, you know, that's okay. Uh, it's our Star Wars episode. It's our third annual Star Wars nerd spectacular. And we've got so much to talk about. We do. I because mean, if you're a Star Wars fan... There's not any. There's no dearth of content right now. Exactly. There's plenty to be How watching. How can you not be a fan enjoying, at this point? Even though there's no movies, there's no movies, and yet there's so they much don't Star Wars stuff. Don't they don't need them. I've gotten so much information here in the last year. Exactly. It's good stuff. So we're going to be talking about what's going on in Star Wars. Yes. How much content has been out of the last year? Yes. We're talking Book of Boba Fett. We're talking Obi Wan Kenobi. We're talking Tales of the Jedi. Mm. We're talking Andor. We're talking about what's coming next. We're talking about an expensive drink. <laughs> We're talking about are the prequels cool again? What? We've got so Wait, much did you to say talk prequels about. Prequels are cool again? Maybe. I don't know. That's what we're going to discuss. I can't believe that just came out of your mouth, but go ahead. By, by the way, this is a spoilerific episode, all right? Just so oh, you understand. If well, we have to. If we you're have not to caught up on stuff, we're going to be doing a lot of spoilers. We may not be spoiling all of Andor because Sam isn't quite caught up. So we'll mm. we'll try to keep it moderate on, on at least the last half of, Fair of enough. Andor. Okay. Or maybe we'll just send Sam out of the room. Sam gets out of the room. Because I need some. You got to explain some stuff on that one all to right. me anyway. But anyway, all right. So we got a lot to cover, and this probably will be a long episode. It's our last of the year also, though. We're having fun. We're here to have fun and talk about Star Wars. It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, let's get into it. Uh, by yes. the way, also, producer Marco will once again be available you may hear a voice. to weigh in from time to time. He won't let himself be on camera as always, but he will be on mic throwing in from time to time and you know wrecking our opinions on stuff probably. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to kick things off, first of all, with something absurd. Go to the show notes. There's a link to check out about this. Uh, there's a drink yes. that is available on the Disney Cruise, their Star Wars-themed cruise. Yes. This is not the same as the Star Wars Hotel. Oh, I thought it was in the hotel. No, it's not. Okay, the, not I there. thought it was at first, too. It's uh, not the same thing. It's okay. actually one of their cruises, their actual cruise So lines. you can get this right now on the cruise. Yes. So mm. they have a Star Wars-themed cocktail called the Kyber Crystal, which I'm going to assume if you're listening <laughs> to this, you know what Kyber Crystals are. It's what goes in the lightsabers and yes. powers them up and everything. It's, it's not Mythicalorian. Exactly. So they have a drink <laughs> called the Kyber Crystal that costs five thousand dollars just pennies and change just pennies and change now it's a uh it's a it, now mind you this also does include a trip to the skywalker ranch and the skywalker vineyards just the vineyards uh, at the ranch that's, that's a good point so i don't know you if you get to hang out at the ranch itself you ain't hanging just out at the ranch I still don't know that's worth it, obviously. Mm. As much as I would like to visit Skywalker Ranch. Mm -hmm. The drink contains Chasmus Cognac, the Yuzu Citrus Fruit, and more. It apparently has some, what, Pappy Van Winkle in there yes, also? Yes, yeah, it's a really good bourbon. Which is a, yeah, if you're a bourbon person, it's a 
I, Which shots alone, like a bottle goes for thousands I'm of I'm not going to say that Pappy's like the greatest bourbon ever. I've never had it. Yeah. It's all right. It's fine. And and I'm sure there's people that will say that's sacrilege. It's one of those things that the bourbon mm-hmm. companies have managed to hype up certain bourbons. Of course. Yeah. To make them super expensive, even though they're not necessarily well, How else are you going to justify five grand? You got to yeah. throw some bourbon in there that people will spend two grand yeah. to get a bottle on. So check out the article because there's a video in here that also shows like, like you get it in a cool little container. That I you like the up. container. Yeah. It's, that's the only it's thing. It's neat. not worth the five thousand dollar ah, but it is pretty dang cool, <laughs> right? Because it looks like it's it's a Star Wars esque container. Right. You press the little right. button on the t- 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 and like the doors come exactly. Down, smoke comes out. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, it's neat, but yeah, it's <laughs> not for that much money. I, I guess it, if I had if I had five grand to waste on Star Wars stuff, sure, I'd probably do it. But yeah, it's just but you know, but the whatever. total package still doesn't have you in there. So no. you're getting the pappy. You're getting the experience, and then you get to go to the vineyard, which it's, I guess you I, have to pay your way to get there. Probably. You just get a ticket there, but you still got to So this is this $5,000 yeah, exactly. drink is now a plane ticket yeah. and another hotel. Again, if you're spending $5,000 on this, you that. probably have enough money for all this other stuff. Yeah, you don't care. Yeah. Or you're just trying to get the social, you know. And not to mention whatever it. you spent to get on the cruise. I'm sure the cruise costs you thousands of dollars too. Yo, yeah. yeah, Disney cruise. Oh yeah. Oh god. Come yeah. on. Now. Get me started. Yeah. So yeah. whatever. Have you done a Disney cruise yet? No, I no. don't. I'm a landlocked lady. Okay, so that's I fair. I'm right there with like you. The but we all know how expensive <laughs> Disney is. So oh, just yeah. imagine exactly. the, the, oh, yeah. the plus plus on a cruise. Oh, god, exactly. I can only imagine. So you know, this is one of those one of those Star Wars things. That just a just a little too far for all my right. taste. That's I, fair. I, I don't think I'm going to be having a Kyber crystal drink. That's fair. Sounds like I could they give you practically the ingredients. I could probably yeah, make my own. Yeah, snap. exactly. Thanks for the recipe, steal. Well, if you were the owner like that guy owed FTX, you know that the Bitcoin thing that just collapsed. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. had yeah. An oodles of dollars. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Star Wars drinks, back in the day, one of my favorite mixed drinks to make for friends. Yes. I called it. I called it the Blue Milk. Oh, nice. And basically, it was just blue pucker with a bunch of other stuff <laughs> oh, mixed in. Remember pucker? Remember that drink? <laughs> yes. How could you mix that with anything? I don't know. idea. I dumped vodka in there. Who knows oh. what else? It was, it was just, I just that mixed. That might not sit well in your stomach. It, probably not. It yeah. was just, it was one of those things when we like have like Star Wars marathons, I just throw those <laughs> drinks together and whatever. Did you put a flashlight behind it to try to make it look and glow? <laughs> yeah, sure. Something? Probably. Yeah. probably Way more affordable silly. is the the Ogus Cantina in Galaxy's Edge in Disney World, which they have yeah. a little bar yeah. and it's kind of oh. a vibe. There's like some... Is it that vibe? Yeah. Most like the type feel, yeah. Yeah. got some. Can you get any kind of drink that has like smoke coming out of it? Totally. Like fizzy things. Yeah. I gotta go. That's with the hotel thing, the Galactic Star Cruise. They've got a lot of like theme drinks and stuff like that too, which again are probably expensive, but not that expensive. It's right. very in theme. So. They call you a traveler. They're like, welcome travelers. And yeah, nice. Where are you coming in from? Yes. And, you, know, so, you make this mistake of saying uh, Northern Kentucky and they're like, what the hell <laughs> <is> that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking you were going to say Ghost Isley or some what planet. Universe? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, Midwest? <laughs> what is the land of Kentucky? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Midwest Belt. Exactly. Universe, yes. All right. Well, as I mentioned up front, it's been anyway, a very busy year it has for been. Star Wars content. Mm-hmm. And again, even without any movie, we haven't had any movie since what? 2019 was that when Rise yep. of Skywalker came out? Oh, gosh. Yep. So we're running on three years now without a new film. Yep. We don't even have one scheduled in the future this moment. But wait, wait seriously? Not, I thought there was n- supposed to be one. Like last year, n- you told me maybe in two years. Three but there's years. still been no wow. no official dates yet. There's okay. stuff in the works, but no, no official dates. But okay. uh, but we've had plenty of shows. But to your point, do they need Disney to Plus. at this point? Uh, that was remember that was part of our discussion last year. It like, was. Is, is it you know, is it movies. fine for Star Wars just to be a TV thing at this point? I mean the production. 
value of what we're going to be talking about oh, here yeah. today is like on par. I promise you, like the Obi Wan series and Andor probably too, probably both cost as much as like the the original Star Wars and Empire put together, most likely. Oh, for sure. I'm sure the budgets were you know were, were yeah. huge compared yeah. to like the old films. Good but, stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, what do you guys think about this? Do you think we have you know is this the right amount of Star Wars content? Is it too much? Is it too little? Should we be backing off? Do we need a breather? Sam. I think it's just the right amount. I mean, honestly, like we have a little bit of, you know, some live action things. We've got some animated things. And I think, you know, it was nice for last year. I think we talked about it where we had that like um, the anime perspective of of a lot of the um, visions. Yeah, yeah, visions and how that was kind of like a different arena there. But I, I think honestly, just with everything that's come out from like filling in some potholes, I've Mm -hmm. always said that. But I just think that everything that we have is the right amount for me. Yeah, but (laughs) what I wonder about, so I'm not much into the animated side of it, but the live action feels like enough, but I'm worried that they're going to be able to keep up that pace because we have been filling in a lot of the blanks and starting to develop some of these storylines, and that's good. I know you you probably don't have any fear that they're going to run out (laughs) of because because you're right, because in the Star Wars universe, you can just create keep creating stories and And we'll when we get to Andor, we'll talk about that because I feel like Andor is the first example of like, hey, we can really take new mm. directions with Star Wars set in this universe, but do very different kind of stories. Okay. And I think that's kind of maybe where we're headed. We're still going to get plenty more Jedi stuff and yeah. Force stuff or whatever. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, I, I mean, I I'm, feel like it's just right, though. I, mean, I do, too. In fact, you know, uh, they released them, but it felt like, you know, I was able to keep up and stuff like that. It, yeah. it, feel, it felt like And I will say, like, let's be honest, the current stuff, the stuff that's on Disney Plus is... Very much for the fans. Like, I think mm-hmm. for more... Of the, I'm not saying you can't be a casual person and enjoy some of it, you mm-hmm. know, and, and jump in on some of these. But I think, unlike, you know, and we talked about this before, too, like the films, I think now you get to the point where the films have a built-in kind of almost terrifying necessity to have a mass appeal. Because, again, you're going to make movies that yep. cost hundreds of millions to yep. make yep. and market. And then the expectation is going to be like this has to basically be a top right. ten or top twenty of all time film yeah. Yeah. in order to be considered as successful. Right. And I can kind of see why Disney's probably like, hey, we need to make sure we have a slam bang, yeah. amazing film before we get back into the theaters yeah. again, yeah. because we're going to have to bring in a bunch of people that aren't the people that are watching all this stuff on Disney Plus. Quick right sidebar: didn't, didn't Disney just bring back a new the old CEO? Bob Iger. He's yes. Back. Where did he land on the Star Wars? Franchise? I don't know. He's an animation guy, which is why a lot of people are pumped about him being back oh. because. Okay. There's been a feeling that like Star or the the Disney animation has yeah, been yeah, pretty yeah. mediocre. Uh, okay. Other than Pixar, which they don't really own anymore, they just kind of mm-hmm. collaborate with mm-hmm. them now. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people are pumped about Iger coming back because he was he was very part of the the you know the the group that helped spearhead a lot of the you know amazing animation that Disney mm-hmm. was doing mm-hmm. over the last you know twenty years or so mm-hmm. before. Chapek took over. So. Gotcha. As far as the parks go, too, he was pretty more hands-on with, like... Yeah, that's true. A lot of people, uh, like, the reservation process have, like, you couldn't park hop as many times right, anymore because right. of COVID and everything. But with a lot of that, like, clearing up, Chapek was like, no, it's, you know, easier for us to, like, track how many people are in mm-hmm. what park and whatnot. Right. But it, it, it ended up becoming more of a burden because if you couldn't get a reservation, you weren't going You weren't there. going, yeah. yeah. And they were really strict about that. So mm. I think... Yeah. From the park standpoint and, like, you know, taking vacations and things like that, Iker's definitely people are, like, stoked yeah. People about seem that. pretty pumped that he's back in the okay. fold again. He seems, right. seems like it's a good thing. Well, like I was odd. just worrying about the Star Wars. I don't angle, know. Like, I don't know, you know? if because I don't know. Was he still there when, <clears throat> when they got Star Wars? Or? I can't remember when they subbed him out. Well, ultimately, yeah, but, but getting back to your point, would he not be the one that's signing off on this hundred yeah. mega yeah, million probably. dollar production? Yeah, exactly. Right? So, I mean, and, and again... 
with you know the fact that they're so big in animation, he's big in animation. I wonder almost if you might see a Star Wars animated film, mm. which, which we've had one. We had the Clone Wars film mm. that so nobody archaic. remembers or saw. Oh, yeah, goodness. exactly. Uh, and and if you saw and if that was all you saw, you probably thought the series was going to be awful. But the series is actually amazing. The movie is kind of terrible. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, then I, I think we're all in agreement. We're we're getting enough of what we want, yep. you know, and we're pretty satisfied. We're getting yep. here. So let's let's start talking about specifics here. So when we left off last year, we were anticipating the release of the Book of Boba Fett, which yes. is coming out at the end of the year. Yes. Uh, it started, I think, very late December and and went through January and February, I think, of this year. So let's let's talk about that first. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Because I feel like of all the the Star Wars projects this year. That's probably the one that's had the least amount of fanfare. It's probably the most mixed reactions, a little more on the negative side than probably the other the other stuff that's come mm. out. How did you guys feel about the book of Boba Fett? I loved it. I I grew up well. I mean, I loved Boba Fett in the chrono the oldies, right? Right. right yeah, right. the ones that <laughs> the I original trilogy. The original. The OG, I mean, yeah. I just loved everything and that he he stood for and I love Jango Fett and and all of the you know I just loved that like guild that he was in and all of that and I I I love the actor a lot too and I love his like what he does for his culture and Maori and everything but I I loved it I loved the score I loved I just loved it yeah. but not a lot of people did and I also <laughs> I just loved I feel like Boba Fett was fan service yeah but oh. for a lot of ways with Bane coming in and all of that. Yeah. I was kind of like upset about his demise because it feels like that great of a character, but maybe he's not actually dead. Was well, there a body? Who knows? Um, he looked pretty dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I don't know. You gotta need a body check, but um, I loved it. I literally did. Okay. So. Dee, what, what were your thoughts on that? I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Stylistically, it gave me a, a Western feel, right? And you've talked about yeah. like how they're gonna, they can explore different Fields. Star Wars is a place. Star yes. Wars is a place. You can yeah. tell a Western yeah, 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 story yeah, yeah, yeah. set in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. You can it, tell it, a love it, story set in Star Wars. You know, Wars, it felt yeah. very isolated, you know, in the sense that, you know, a lot of the story was around that right, and, right. And, and that part of it. I loved that part of it. I loved the backstory. I love, um, I like his character and, and kind of fleshing it out a little bit because I don't feel like you got a lot in the original movies, you know, about him. Right. And in, in, in the whole where he came from. You weren't from. supposed to. You weren't supposed to, yeah. right. But but it's good to have some of that backfill. He actually turned out to be a little bit of a different character than I thought. Right. So there was some good in that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, in general, I thought it was pretty good. It's, it's interesting, though, that he's going back you know, it, when you kind of walk through the whole chronology of what they're what they're offering up, um, and I'm, you know, what would let me get your take? What did you think about it before I'm, we start going there? I'm a little mixed. You are. Um, I I did enjoy. It, don't be wrong. It's not that I I didn't like it. I think like I actually the, the two we were talking about this before we went on mic. The whole back to tank him flashing back to what happened post Return of the Jedi, how he got out of the Sarlacc. Yep. Met up with the you know, the the Tuscan Raiders, the yep. Sand People, or whatever, yep. and. You know, develop this relationship and game kind of dances with the wolves. They basically did a dances mm-hmm. with wolves story with them. Oh, there, absolutely! Right, he becomes embedded in their culture yep, and you yep. know becomes one of them essentially. Uh, I liked all of that stuff. I really did. I think the story of him ta- trying to take over Jabba's. You didn't empire, like that part. I didn't. I wasn't feeling that as much. Oh, okay. I think part of it also is I am so done with Tatooine. Oh. <laughs> And I know we're going to get, and I know we're going to have more Tatooine here. Obviously, when we talk we about Obi Wan yeah. here in a moment. Oh, we we need to get off that planet. I, I, is what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, I'm fascinated by the fact that we keep coming but back. But it's so to this central planet. to all these stories. I know, but you know, it's. But, I mean, come on, but why? You, not, you know, like just wasn't Luke there for Anakin and Luke both? It's it's fascinating to me that this one planet somehow is like. 
practically this this planet that's supposed to be the farthest galaxy, farthest from anything of interest in the galaxy, as they say in the original movie. And yet, so much crucial, critical stuff seems to happen here. But whatever. So, so what is the connection? Why is he trying to take over Jabba's world? I mean, because what, he worked for Jabba, and and basically, like, I guess, felt slighted, maybe or whatever. He's after have his own syndicate, he's just yeah. trying to be the boss of his own. Thing. Yeah, and he was he was well. Plus, like the yes, but I the think syndicate he's a better boss over, than the syndicate, yes. right? Yes. Right. Yeah. The syndicate that took over ended up slaughtering the Tuscans. Yes, right. And obviously, he wanted vengeance for that, and he wanted to go in and basically take over and be like, "I'm going to do this the right way, where we're not, we're we're sort of still a crime syndicate, but we're not." The really bad crime scene. I don't know. Family friend. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was surprised at how good of a negotiator his character turned out. He yeah, negotiates yeah. with everybody. Yeah. And he does it really, really well, but for the right, right? right. And, and I thought that was a kind of an interesting yeah. angle. But anyway, But go I ahead. think then the other part of what really not annoyed me about it, because I liked it, was that as you got to the end of the season, suddenly the last few episodes turned into Mandalorian season 2.5. Yes. It did. I mean, it did. all of a sudden, and granted, now, after this, when, you know, when people were talking about, like, well, what's going on here? Why is this suddenly a Mandalorian show and not a book of Boba I Fett? agree that was a little jarring when there it was. Go ahead. But if uh, the thing is, what someone pointed out is if you go back almost a year or so back during the early days of Mandalorian, when they were wrapping up season two of Mandalorian, Someone like in a, like during a Disney investor call when they were talking about what was coming next for Star Wars and all their other Disney content, someone in charge of Lucasfilm basically said, hey, you know, the next stage of the Mandalorian saga continues in December of 2021. Mm. And at the time, people just assumed that meant Mandalorian season three was going to be yeah, out. But I instead, remember. they dropped Book of Boba Fett. Yes. And and basically, it's, someone pointed out, like, that's what he was talking about. Like, because that is that story directly comes out of Mandalorian season two when you mm -hmm. were reintroduced to Boba Fett mm -hmm. and you end it with the teaser for Book of Boba yep. Fett. Yep. All of that was set up in that. Yep. So there's no reason to think like this shouldn't have been a Mandalorian story. It just was kind of jarring. People weren't Granted, paying attention. I didn't mind. Like when there was a random episode that was suddenly all about the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. did not have Boba Fett anywhere in it, I think, until maybe the very end of the episode. Yeah, it was, it was like And then six suddenly he's like a that, huge yeah. part of all this. And then, and, but again, you know, we're suddenly getting stuff with Luke. We're getting stuff with him creating the Jedi Temple. We get mm -hmm. Ahsoka. We get more Baby Yoda. Mm -hmm. Like, all of this suddenly just felt like it was like... Too much? It, it, well, it just felt like, we had a, a it felt like we had a series about Boba Fett. And then suddenly they were like, hey, we need to shove some Mandalorian stuff in there. It was kind of a bridge between but this and the But we did that season. so that he could be there at the end. I know, right? and I get that. But, and again, but at the time, it was very I, I don't jarring. have any issue with, with that stuff because I loved all that stuff. I loved seeing more of Ahsoka. I loved seeing Luke again. It just felt like, we, it kind of felt like we watched two different series that kind of got hobbled together into one. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel, like, I feel like in a way, it's like they wanted to tell this, what happened to Boba Fett after Return of the Jedi? Because everyone always wanted to know. Mm -hmm. Everyone, there was, there was a long time everyone was shipping, if you want to call it that, mm. Boba Fett's return. Like, you know, right. like yeah, 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 yeah. that has been one of the most iconic things in the expanded universe of Star Wars before Disney took over is how did Boba Fett get out and what did he do after yes, the fact? Yes, exactly. And so everyone always wanted to have that. I feel like that was the story they wanted to tell there. Which, which they by did the well. Way, this series also, if, you know, incorporated, if, if you've ever heard, there was at one point in time there was going to be a Star Wars series called Underworld. Mm. This was back in like the mid 2000s before Lucasfilm took over. Mm -hmm. There was a people were working on ideas for new Star Wars content, and there was an idea for a show called Underworld, which was supposed to explore the seedier that. side of the Star Wars universe. Okay, and it was going to feature Boba Fett pretty prominently. I gotcha. And apparently, a lot of what 
a lot a lot of stuff got ported over from mm-hmm. some ideas from that show mm-hmm. that ended up f- falling into this one. Mm-hmm. So I feel like someone wanted to tell that story, but then someone else said, "But yeah, we want to do more Mandalorian type stuff gotcha. too." Yeah, and they well, somehow there's a lot a to explore to there together. too. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But what 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 a what a challenge for the folks at Disney then because they they how do you tell the Mando story which was needed at the last episode right, of right. Boba Fett, but. You know, do you release a couple Mando series? You know, episodes. Right. And it, right. How do you do that? Yeah, it anyway. did just feel like they just like t- filler. But yeah, it's like important filler. But it was important at the yeah. time. You didn't realize it. I do remember that being like, "What? What the hell are yeah. we doing here?" And granted, yeah. like I remember watching that episode and being like, "This has been the best episode of this series so far." The and Mando yeah, then, one, yeah, the first Mando also, one. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. also I'm like. But but childless why? Mando came out like hot out of that like butcher like <laughs> wherever he was he just like broke past those oh yeah yeah that like and he had a spear I was like whoa man the dark upgrade. saber yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah good so good stuff I, I yeah. let me wrong no, I like it it's that's fair I will that's say fair. I don't know like there's uh, there hasn't been any discussion about more Boba Fett stuff do you guys want any more because I, I don't think don't. I need any more I don't think it I need was a nice close. Yeah, and, unless the way what, they, yeah, unless if you want to have him now is going to collide with something because if to right. your point, if he's supposed to be this underworld, you know, caricature, right? And we need to explore that some more. It would it wouldn't be kind surprising like the good down. mobster of sorts, you right? Know, uh, it wouldn't be surprising <laughs> to me that there's going to be something there. Yeah, right. I, I, in the future. I won't be surprised if he shows up. Him or Fennec Shan, somebody's going to show up in something mm-hmm. else. We're not. I I, I guarantee well, we're not. Shan, what do you think about that character? I mean, that's you know. I, I that's was my girl. That's yeah, I liked her a lot. <laughs> yeah, but there's still room there, you know, for her. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I like her a lot. And put uh, what's her what's the actress's name? Ming Ming Now Wen. Yeah, yeah. Put her in everything. Yeah, like, yeah. I just yeah. I love her. She is the official she like. Can do she's the icon of Disney because she's been a Disney princess. Oh, she's been in Marvel. <laughs> she was she was on Agents of Shield, and now she's a Star Wars character. The quad factor. She, she's yeah. like just like the queen of Disney. At this yeah. Point, so. Yes. 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 All right. I'm anyway. gonna I'm gonna turn to Marco for a second. Marco, you want to weigh in real quick on Book of Boba Fett? What did you What were your thoughts on it? Good, bad, indifferent. I, no, I agree with you, John. It, it felt like two different things trying to come together. Yeah. Mm, so. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. enjoyable, but not yeah, not absolutely. quite seamless. Like yeah. It, yeah. I will say, I do think of all the stuff we're going to talk about, this was pro- that was probably my least favorite Star Wars project this year, okay. and yet I still think it's fantastic Star Wars stuff. But but those episodes, the Mando episodes, were really good. Oh yeah, like they, if they, you they were if really you just honestly good. I if think, you separated. Them. I would say you could watch you could I think you could easily watch the Mandalorian and then skip all the other Boba Fett uh, stuff absolutely. and just watch like the last yes. three episodes that yes. he's part of. Yes. and I think you'd be fine. Yeah, you'd get enough context. You'd know what was going on. And, Agreed. And and not to mention the fact, I think if you want to understand, especially wherever the hell season three of Mandalorian is going to go, you have to have seen that because not, you're you going to be like, wait yes. a minute, why is Grogu back? What's <laughs> what's why, why is Mando doing this? You know, what's why is he on the outs with the guild? Like, what's happening yeah, here? Yeah, you know, what's so. going on here? Yeah. All right, let's shift gears here uh, to uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. This was probably the premiere series of Star Wars this year that yeah. everyone was most excited about, anticipating. Ewan McGregor returning to the franchise yep. uh, after doing the prequels. Uh, and basically telling, filling in the gaps a little bit of what happened between the end of the prequels and the you know, original Star Wars films, A New Hope. And of course, we had to start on Tatooine again. Of course, yes, because that's where <laughs> that's where Obi Wan was. Obviously, at least that part, I'm like, all right, fine. We know he was there when yeah, right? when the original series opened. It's he, legit. He had a reason to be there. Yeah. But I also remember thinking too, when they were, before the series happened, I was like, look, this whole show can't place take place on Tatooine, because why would you know? How, especially if Vader's going to be in, because we yeah, know that we know that yeah, no yeah. one knew that Luke was there. Mm-hmm. So right. why would there? So he has to be off planet at some point. So that was my thing. Is like, all right, 
I know he's going to be here, but I know he's also going to have to leave Got it. for, yeah. for yeah, some yeah. point here, right, too. Fair enough. Uh, so this was set 10 years after the end of the uh, the original prequels. Um, Obi-Wan's kind of a broken man. He's, you know, he's he's been hiding out. He's not using the Force. He's trying to stay as low as possible. I love that he's working on a, like, his his job is apparently cutting up the meat of some kind of whale. sand whale yeah. thing or something. <laughs> oh, right. Remember, yes. they're just, yes. sli- they're just like, slicing he's, he's just stuff. out he's, slicing he's up like meat. Produce, and, yeah, yeah, producer. Yeah. Uh, when he gets kind of pulled back in because the Inquisitors, who are who come from the Rebels cartoon, uh, show up on the planet, and the Inquisitors, for anybody who doesn't know and hasn't followed the animated cartoons, are basically kind of some some fallen Jedi that was corrupted by Vader and the Emperor to essentially go out and hunt other Jedi. For, mm. real, I, I would take it back. Not even Jedi. They are actually people that are were full-fledged Jedi necessarily, but were people that were Force-sensitive. And in the case of the one that we follow in the show was actually yes. one of the Jedi younglings. Yes, right. Um, there was during, that flashback. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, so they basically they were taken and, tr- and corrupted by the dark side so that mm-hmm. they could go out and hunt any remaining Jedi. And what was her name again? There. What was uh, uh, anyway? Oh damn! Why can I not think? Not Riva. Riva. Yes. Yeah. Reva. Yes. Yes. Because uh, so, she had a real struggle, and, yes. and I like that part of exactly. Obi-Wan. But so anyway. the Inquisitors show up and and you know basically are are hunting for a Jedi on the planet because there was another one there. Kind of get a sense that she knows that Kenobi's out there somewhere. And essentially, they set up a plot in order to get Kenobi, which is kidnapping Princess Leia, mm-hmm. which I thought was a nice twist because it was the one thing they did not reveal about the show ahead of time. Yeah, no idea, no idea that was coming. That Leia was going to no like I kind idea. of assumed. Well, we we even seen in the trailer as young Luke. We already knew young Luke was going to be yes, on the show, right? But I think the smartest thing this show did was saying like this story isn't about Luke. Mm-hmm. We don't really care about mm-hmm. him. Instead, we're going to bring in a, 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 a very young, precocious Princess Leia. She gets kidnapped. Who was cast perfectly. Oh, yeah. So cute. Yes. She was awesome. Absolutely. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Obi-Wan has to go off planet to find her and to rescue her at the behest of Bail Organa, her adopted father, who asks him to help out. There's this whole quest to go find him. And along the way, Darth Vader reappears yes. and joins the hunt oh, for Kenobi. Oh, you again. And yes. there is a there are two amazing face-offs Fantastic. between the two of them in the series yes. before we wrap up. Yes. And eventually get Obi-Wan back to Tatooine. Uh, where he, you know, presumably stays. I, I don't know. This is the kind of story where you, I'm sure you could find a good reason to tell more stories where he like is like some like rogue agent that has to go off and do random stuff. But let's <laughs> assuming there's not going to be any more Obi Wan Kenobi, we get him back to where he kind of we know he's at at the beginning of uh, that's right. New Hope. So yeah, 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 yeah. let's let's riff on this for a moment. Let's um, let's talk a little bit. Mark, I'll actually let you start this time. What was your thoughts on Obi Wan Kenobi? I know you're a I like the Jedi and lightsabers guy, so I feel like this show was definitely in your. If you wheelhouse. didn't, yeah, serve that yeah. itch, then this was the greatest thing ever. Okay, there <laughs> we go. I mean that that second fight between Vader and Kenobi was everything you ever wanted. Oh to yeah, see, yeah. Doubt, yeah, I it will was agree. Awesome. Like because you know I, I remember thinking when you watched the original trilogy. And they didn't have the budget and the effects and the ability to do the stunt work the way you mm-hmm. wanted. You know, like the, mm-hmm. the lights going wrong, the lightsaber battle between Luke and Vader and Empire, I still think is probably my favorite lightsaber oh, battle yeah. because, but a lot of the it has to do with, a lot of, well, a lot of it has to do with the emotion of it too. Yes, like, you yes, know, the fact yes. that like, you know, yeah. these two are coming together and you yep. know, the big revelation and all like, you know, like there's, there's a lot of emotionality to it. And then the prequels, I feel like, kind of went a little overboard with lightsaber fights with everybody, mm-hmm. everybody spinning around. Spinning around. And, yeah, <laughs> like it was a little yeah, too yeah, much. Yeah. <laughs> I love what we're Even getting Sam now. Sam could have had a lightsaber back yeah, in there, exactly. right? Just, but oh, this, yeah. these, <laughs> these fights with him and Vader were so... They were raw. They were, they were raw. Yeah, they were yeah. much like, more... And, and like, you know, it was two people very powerful in the Force tapping into their abilities yeah. and battling it out. And man, like, 
I love that we're getting we're getting more Vader, and just like in Rogue One, where you have that you know that glimpse of Vader there. I I like my Vader in small dose because a lot of people after the show are like, all right, let's do a Vader series now. I'm like, no, I don't yeah, want that. No, I, 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 I don't get me wrong. I think it would you could do a lot of great stuff. And there's been some great Vader comic books that have fleshed him out over the years. But I'm, as a series and as movies, I want as little of Vader as possible. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'd be fine if we don't see him again for another five or six years in any of these projects. Because I, I, you can, you, I think you could overdo it with Vader and mm-hmm. see way too much of him and make him less of a powerful presence when he's on screen. And this really worked for me. So, But yeah. I do appreciate how much that I feel Obi-Wan Kenobi did show, like, oh, no, Vader is, like, big, bad, scary. Yeah. Rebels kind of showed that more than anything, I feel. Yeah. Like, just his, you know, jumping, leaping fights. Even, like, games that we've played, oh, what, the Fallen Order series? Yeah, yeah. That just, like, how he's, like, I mean, of course he's, like, the big bad, but, like, in, in the original and... And then the prequel. There's only something you can do with a dude in a bulky suit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he's this like <laughs> geriatric guy who has a breathing issues, you know? So, like, can he really come that fast and right, come right. at me like that? But, you know, the, the first, the first, uh, fight where, where he like just sets just Obi-Wan overwhelmed on, fire, him, yeah. on fire and you know he's just like whatever I'm not Anakin anymore I am this entity and don't yeah. even worry I mean yeah. I'm just like true fan service to my Vader loving self of just making him the big bad <laughs> I mean he truly was intimidating and I feel like maybe could it, could it have been in the in the older movies where he just walked really slow like he wasn't like super fast or anything right. and I just thought okay yeah he's he's the boss but like he's not very scary to me. I don't know. Maybe mm, it yeah. could have just been like, you know, we didn't have access to It's the, just more of a presence than any, the, yeah. the camera and the effects and other things right, right. like we do now. But yeah, I, I thought it was incredible. Yeah. So yeah. let's go back to the very beginning of this series and talk about how Obi was broken. Right. You, you said, so give me the lead up there. I mean, it was more than just his battle with Anakin and stuff well, like I that. Think, but I was, think between that, between having to <clears> essentially <throat> what he thought kill his his, um, you know, Padawan, yeah, you know, kill, right. his, kill his, 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 his friend, his yes. friend and his mm-hmm. apprentice. Yeah. Because I think up until he does find out Vader's still alive in this series, which you find out at the end of like episode two or three, I think of this, when he finds out that Vader's still but alive. But when we rejoin him, doesn't remember. Right, doesn't he doesn't know. know. He doesn't know. Yeah. He thinks Anakin's dead. He yeah. left him for dead and, you know, for good reason, like cut off his arms and legs and left him laying by a lava pit. You know, he kind of assumed, you know, like, yeah. that guy's done. <laughs> but I mean, I think between that and the fall of the Jedi Order and the rise of the Empire... And the fact that there was so few Jedi even left anymore, I think, yeah, I think he just hit a point where he's like, look, I'm just going to, I'm going to live out my life in, in seclusion. I don't, you know, he'd, he'd cut himself off from the force, which was something we'd established in The Last Jedi that Luke mm-hmm. had done that in mm-hmm. his old age. You know, it's kind of a little bit of a, a reflection of that, yep, yep, yep. you know, where he just got it's so just jaded. Much, he just, right? he did yep. like, I don't want to be part of this anymore. I don't want to mm-hmm. do this. And if you remember that young Jedi that showed up on the planet yes. on, on Tatooine and asked him for help. And he kind of turned away and just said, like, you know, run, just go, mm-hmm. you know, go hide somewhere. Like, you know, there's there's nothing to do here. There's there's no battle to be fought anymore. And I, I, I like that. I like that idea of someone who was such a pivotal person in the force and so powerful. And so, you know, well, it brings a human element to the it whole, really does. to that whole aspect of it. I mean, you think about Jedi, like you, you think they should mentally be able to handle these types of things. Right. Yeah, but yeah. but there's a very human aspect of it. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with Asaka too. Oh, you yeah. know, on, on those kinds of realms you know the humanistic element right, of it right. so yeah, yeah well yeah. i mean and, you know and we'll talk about this a little more in a moment here too i think when we talk more about the prequels but a big part of i think what was interesting in the prequels is and 
it's what I think they didn't do very well in the movies that they've done very well in the stuff they've done in the prequel era since. All right. Which is kind of elaborate on the idea that the Jedi were extremely hubristic mm. and mm-hmm. not actually very good at what they were doing. They had kind of been settled in <laughs> for so long as like peacekeepers yeah. of the galaxy. Right. And, but they'd also set up all these dumb rules about like, you're not allowed to be in love and you're not mm-hmm. allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. And mm-hmm. we don't actually intervene with a lot of stuff. You know, we, we kind of just maintain order or stuff or whatever. And that was the reason why they fell. Like, the whole reason why it was so easy for Palpatine to rise to power within their midst, right under their nose. Corruption was happening in their own yeah. mm-hmm. organization that they were trying to protect and keep the peace for. So it just completely, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I like that we're, st- we're starting to get into more of that, of the understanding mm-hmm. of, like, look, these are... These are very powerful people who still who felt we've always talk, you always talk about that concept of power corrupts absolutely you know, and so I think the idea that the Jedi were their own worst enemy and caused all of their own problems. It's easy to point to the dark side folks and the Sith and mm-hmm. say like, well, these bad guys showed up and took it all. I'm like you're talking about literally one dude essentially that caused that that broke broke down an entire Jedi order, corrupted an entire galaxy, and caused everything to fall and an empire to rise just because he exploited their own weaknesses, their own mm-hmm. internal weaknesses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think you're starting to see that with a lot of the characters. And Ahsoka, actually, depending on what they do with her backstory. Yes. I mean, I know, obviously, if you watch the Clone Wars series, you get a lot more of that. You understand mm-hmm. how she got, felt the need to disconnect from the Jedi Order because mm-hmm. she recognized what we're doing here is not, not really working. the right, not yeah, yeah, working. Yeah, yeah. It's not, mm-hmm. it's, you know, she knew, she could see the writing on the wall and got out, you know, before that happened. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I, I'm very. I think that's going to be a fascinating thing to watch. Is and, and Obi Wan was clearly an example of that. Of like, look, these are just people. At the end of the day, you know, or you know, these are these are characters who are still emotional and flawed. They're not perfect, even though they can wield the force and have lightsabers and look like the paragons are good. But guess what? They can screw up just as much as anybody else. <laughs> and it also, like, I think what I think one of the things that really because you watch this series and especially you see his relationship with Leia, mm-hmm. and then at the end when he finally goes and meets Luke, mm-hmm. and and it made me immediately think about the the first of the original film, A New Hope, and his his interactions with Luke in that movie. And, yep. and I will say, like, because yep. there's a lot of people that wanted to find they wanted to find stuff that didn't continuity match up with, oh. with A New Hope, well, and I don't on. feel like they did because yeah. I think they were very conscious of the fact that the way that Obi-Wan treats Luke and the decision not to tell him about his father mm-hmm. was very well informed by what he experienced here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And his recognition that when he, you know, the the whole line of like, you know, when he tells Luke, you know, your father was, you know, corrupted and killed by a man named Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, a, yep. a dark right. Jedi right, named right, Darth right. Vader. Yeah, yeah. And everyone was like, oh, he lied to him and didn't tell him the truth. He kind of did tell him the truth. Yeah. Because yeah. that final encounter where he recognizes and Anakin tells him, mm-hmm. Anakin's gone. Anakin's I am gone. Darth he said Vader that. Now. Yeah. He tells yeah. him that. He said that. And I think Obi-Wan took that to heart and understood, like, you're right. Like, mm-hmm. my, the person. My I, Anakin's I, gone. I, this was my closure. The person that I loved yep. and, and trained, like, he's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. It's this thing now. Mm-hmm. And I think that informed the way he acted. And then, and like, if you think about, like, his, the final moments when he battles Vader on the Death Star. You know, in, in A New Hope, and he looks over and sees Luke, and that's his moment where he realizes, like, I've done well. The new the new generation is here. Yep. He will. He I will, can tap out. He will lead us in the future. It's time for me to be done. Yeah. I think I, that I think with this series kind of fills in and creates such an amazing arc for that character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, yeah, it's 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 a very good show, very well done. I think if you are a fan of Star Wars as a whole and have loved that character, and especially if you're someone who liked the prequels, also. Um, this is this was a perfect bridge type series to get you there. This was everything I think we wanted it to yeah, be. Absolutely. Any yeah. final thoughts? Very on impressive. One? No. Just 
all the all these Star Wars guys becoming babysitters. I mean, truly, like you know, we had Man- Mando was like oh, the OG right. baby, you know, yeah, babysitter, right. and then yeah, yeah. now Obi Wan's babysitting after Leia and yeah. babysitting. Yeah, yeah, that's just like a thing. I mean, you know. Totally different. Stranger Things. Steve is a babysitter. He yeah. babysits those kids. That's true. So yeah. it's just like yeah. a yeah. common thing. Give me, yeah. give me the Leia series, by the way. Oh, oh my I god! Want, I is want it on more. the books. Well, no, I, there's nothing been announced yet. But I want to. I Maybe that's see more the movie. Mm, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I want to. I want to see more of this girl. Like she needs to pop yeah. up. Like maybe even like, I'd be fine if like you let her age a few years mm-hmm. and br- gave us give us like the young I Leia. She did a fantastic who's, job. Who's like yeah. digging into the you know mm-hmm. the beginnings of the of the of the rebellion? Mm-hmm. Honestly, you, I, I guess there's a path to potentially having maybe not her that actress but having young leia in andor season yeah. 2 potentially mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. given what we kind of you know know understand about that timeline and yep. that they're dealing with the beginnings of the rebellion there yep. so yep. Yep. but yeah fantastic actress um yeah. definitely want to see more of her yeah all right now uh, let's quickly talk about tales of the jedi cuz this is kind of short and sweet these were six little short 15 10 15 minute episodes mm-hmm. uh in the animation style of the clone wars and basically it's it's six episodes that tell essentially kind of backstories for one for ahsoka and also for Count Dooku. Really, for it's more for Dooku, I think, more than anything at most, because you get kind of his whole, you know, arc. his arc of, like, why he fell. And again, mm-hmm. going back to the idea of what the Jedi were doing wrong, you kind of watch him and go, like, all right, well, you chose the wrong people to ally yourself right? with, but you weren't wrong. Was he wrong? It, no. Yeah. yeah. Like, the Jedi were standing by and watching corruption happen in the Senate yep. and didn't really yep. do enough about it or didn't mm-hmm. get involved where they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of... I kind of re- I found him very relate- relatable. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, it's just so I, that was surprising to you. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah, just yeah. I mean I guess like you know because I, mean, I mean in the, in the prequels Dooku is just like this old bad guy exactly. who shows up and yeah, yeah. fights with Yoda and you know and, and he's gone and he's done you know and he gets gets murdered by Anakin yeah. and he's done. Like what what was his story? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the Ahsoka stories in here really don't give you a lot about Ahsoka's whole story because they basically just show her as a little baby first and that she clearly you know was born with you know force powers and you know mm-hmm. I. I did like how. What the, do you think about the last one then? Was that compelling enough to you, knowing what you know about the character, for her to get back into the fight? Yes, you do. Because again, this is where this is where being a fan of the Clone Wars cartoon, oh, and Rebels okay. cartoons, right. helps because okay. you see a lot of Ahsoka's journey in Clone Wars and where she leaves off, or basically she quits the Jedi Order. She's gone and goes off to do her. She's own farming, thing. and then when she appears in Rebels. Work basically, she's one of kind of one of the founding members of the rebellion in a sense, mm. except working in the shadows and mm-hmm. in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also like there's an amazing book called Ahsoka that I've read that kind of fills in a lot of that gaps too and leads you to that point. And basically, a lot of a lot of what you see in that last episode of the Tales of the Jedi mm-hmm. was clearly borrowed from that book. Okay. Um, just okay. a very condensed version of that story yep. where an inquisitor shows up and is after yep. her and it, it compels her to, to join the fight and. You know, to to help out with the rebellion as it's being founded, so I, I appreciated it for that. I could see why again if you're not someone who's been immersed in the story of Ahsoka and watched all this other stuff. You well, might to be me, like, it seemed okay. a little thin, and I haven't been watching. I'm did. like, okay, is that enough for her to like get back into the fight and be <laughs> like, okay? So let me ask this sidebar question: Where does that episode, right, where she she decides to? fit into the timeline of Boba Fett when we saw her with Luke. Oh, that's oh, oh, the Tales of the Jedi story. Long, that is like way pre, before that. pre A New Hope. Okay. That's the found, founding of the Rebellion. We're talking maybe probably a few years before A New Hope. Okay. And then whereas her her appearances in Mando and Book of Boba Fett are, what's that, 30 years after Return later, of the Jedi? Later, later. No, no, I'm sorry. No, five no, no. years. Yeah, 30 yeah. years is the new trilogy. 
Uh, yes. Th- Mando yeah. is set five years after okay, Return of fair the Jedi. Enough. Got it. So, got it. so we're talking. to get past because she had a, like a, a huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, huge, exactly. And that was before. That, that was, was like two years before A New Hope, I think. Yeah. So we're talking a gap of like maybe like 15? 10 years, 10 to 15. No. Yeah, yeah you're right. About 15, about 15 years. years okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Sorry so, to sidebar. No, 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 but no, anyway, okay. I get it. It's hard to keep track. The of yeah, 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 yeah. Just continues to change. I feel like in ways that, like, I'm like before this happened and after. Right. It's yeah. like the. I feel like. Did you ever read any of the expanded universe books back in the day? No, but there's so many now. Like there are. Now. There's a lot of new stuff uh, out there. But like no. back in the day when when like Del Rey and Random House were publishing the. Um, the expanded universe Star Wars back when we thought there was never going to be new Star Wars before mm-hmm. the prequels came out. Mm-hmm. So there was tons of books that were written that, that take place after Return of the Jedi. Like they they built out an entire massive decades long storyline of what happened to Thrawn. Luke and Leia and Han, Thrawn, all this stuff, or whatever the you know um, the new Jedi Order, basically like all this stuff that got built out for you know age the characters. Luke and Han had kids. They had three children. One of them ended up being corrupted to the dark side at one point. Like, this huge, massive stories. Wow. For years. Yeah. At, in those books, though, whenever you would open one of those books up, at the front, there would be a timeline that ah. would show you, like, and it would, and it, it would all pivot around the original trilogy mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. basically tell you, like, all right, here's how many years this was before the Battle of Yavin. <laughs> so, like, you know how we have, like, B.C. and A.D. Yeah. now, whatever? They would have B.B.Y. before Battle of Yavin mm-hmm. or A.B.Y. after Battle of Yavin. Mm-hmm. So that you could, like, you know, that would help you determine where stuff was. And you, you there would literally be, like, three pages at the beginning of every book. That would With show you that. all the yeah. books that have been released and where they fit into the timeline. Got it. I feel like we kind of need that. We for need the shows that. Now. Yeah, yeah, we totally need that. I well, feel like we kind of need a... something at the beginning. It shows like you know, here's the movies you know of, and then here's where this story is yep. taking place yep. in those yep. movies. Yep. So, yep. there's a little tip for you, Disney executives, <laughs> Disney Lucasfilm executives, because I'm sure you're listening right now. So. Uh, but Marco, anyway, did you have any thoughts on Tales of the Jedi series? Yeah. No, he's got nothing there. Yeah. What, what you Did you get anything else out of it? I mean, but you were okay. No, I mean, I, they were they were fine for what they were. Like I yeah. wa- I binged them all in like you know I mean one hour practically. Right. You yeah. Know? yeah. And yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, these were fun. Like I think like it was kind of and I. How I do mean, you like the I'm style? I'm sure they'll do more of this. Well, do you I love, like the I love style the, art of the style. really thin, st- uh, not thin, short story, like just, just the yeah. short pop. Because yeah. they're like 12 minutes, right? Reminds me of they're visions. like 12, yeah. 15 minutes. Okay. I could see this being something you do a lot more of, you know, just mm. have like random little stories about Jedi that we don't know as much about or people that get introduced and give it filling as they. And I'm sure a lot of the thought behind this was like, hey, there's an Ahsoka series coming mm-hmm. and maybe people want to get some. Develop that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I guess, for the folks that don't want to watch all of the Clone Wars and Rebels to catch up. At least watch those three and you kind of mm. get like, okay, so she was born force sensitive. She trained with Anakin. Anakin was her master because that's going to be, I think, pivotal to the new series. And, you know, learned about how to fight and fight and fight and not give up. So there was a podcast I was listening to that pointed out that that episode where she's just getting, like, fought fighting fighting the clone troopers over and over again mm-hmm. and constantly getting knocked out. It was kind of demonstrating how Anakin in his, his you know, the fact that Anakin had these kind of visions of the future and that's part of what led him down the dark path is mm-hmm. seeing what was going to potentially mm-hmm. happen, mm-hmm. that maybe he was having that kind of visions even back then. Mm. And he wanted Ahsoka because he loved Ahsoka so much and worked so and trained her so hard and cared so much about what happened to her that he was training her extra hard because he wanted her to be able to survive, mm. which, and to be fair, it worked because mm-hmm. that whole point of that, that last episode is, and, and when you also see when, when Order 66 happens, and most of the clone troopers, except for like one that she's able to kind of salvage, turns against her. Like she is able to survive 
in part because of that training to some extent. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she's able to survive what came that most of the other Jedi couldn't mm-hmm. because they weren't expecting it and they weren't trained to fight that right. many people at once. So huh. I thought that was an interesting yeah, little, yeah, yeah, yeah. little tie in there. Right. So. I liked the Dooku representation. I um, totally thought that, and I, this was like not even possible, but I, when we were watching it, I was like, that sounds like Alan Rickman. I know it's not because oh, he's yeah, dead. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just this guy, Corey Burton, who voices basically yeah. virtually every every person, yep. every every animated series ever. Did you see the actually had Liam Neeson playing young Qui-Gon though? Yes. <laughs> Literally insane. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine that? You're Liam Neeson. You get caught up like, hey, we need you to well, voice, you this, like voice this small this younger version of your character from Star Wars that you haven't done in 20, 30 years, 20 years now, you know, like we need you to come voice this for like, I, that can't have taken more than 10 minutes in the studio. Right. Like, he yeah. barely has yeah, any yeah, lines yeah. in that episode. Yeah. <laughs> So. <laughs> we saw that we are like Chris and I are like super we're watching something and we're like that person sounds familiar who is that run to IMDB and we're like oh my god it's so and so wait what yeah like I always that's my favorite thing whenever I watch the um actually any of the Star Wars shows because you get a lot of cameos of characters that are in makeup and stuff too I love to just check out the credits and find out like who did that voice who mm-hmm, was that person because mm-hmm. there's always little hidden Lin-Manuel people Easter eggs always yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah yeah there's always little hidden random people that show up and stuff that, yeah and and I guess if I mean again if I were anybody in Hollywood and Disney calls me up and says, hey, you want to appear in a Star Wars thing? Like, yes, please. Yes. I'll be a stormtrooper. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. right. Any, Whatever it anything takes. Anything you want. Yeah. You can have me shot in the first frame. That's fine. I'll, I'll be happy I'll to be there. I'll die first. So, yeah. We'd happily take that. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so before we talk about Andor, because I think that's going to be a, you know, a big part of our conversation here, um, let's talk about the prequels. So we've had all the, you know, we've had Obi-Wan and the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, this Tales of the Jedi We've talked a lot about all these animated series and stuff are out there. Mm. Are we retconning the prequels? Are the prequels cool again? I don't know, you know, Sam, you're a little more, have a little more affinity to the prequels probably than, yeah. than Dean and I do. Like, but let's be or honest. Or Marco. I did, where are you on the prequels, Mark? Oh, he loves them. Marco likes, all right. But, I mean, I, you know, I'd say the most, typically speaking, Star Wars fans who grew up with the original trilogy. Right. Had a much lesser opinion yes. of the prequels. Yes. Whereas, again, like I mentioned, you know, if, we, if that was we were talking at least off, when you were growing up, yeah, it's we were like talking oh my off gosh, Mike yeah. earlier that like you know, yeah. tip, I think a lot of a lot of which Star Wars trilogy you love mm-hmm. has to do with when it came out and what age you were. If you mm-hmm. were young when the prequels came out, you probably have a much stronger affinity for the prequels. Same as if you were young, you know, younger folks that have you know grown up and been very young around the age of the newer s- movies probably mm-hmm. have much stronger affinity for those movies. Yeah. Than the rest of us that have you know again been around since literally the originals came out. So, <laughs> uh, so I mean, I, I'm just curious. Like, what do you guys think about this? Do you feel like do you want more prequel content? Do you feel like we're kind of almost retconning, making the prequels interesting again? I mean, I think with mm-hmm. Clone Wars and I think with Tales of Jedi, like a lot of that still feels in a way prequel because it's like before you know everything happened in a way. Like it's just providing context where it needs to be needed. But if anything, like it's funny to me because I love the prequels. But if you like fall down the rabbit hole of like Twitter most days. It just feels like Jar Jar Binks and all that stuff just gets <laughs> memefied. It's like a meme. It's funny. As it should. As it right. should, yes. As but it it's should. Like, it's just Jar Jar like was a colossal how mistake. Let's horribly awful the CGI is has just become like a joke. You yeah. know, it's just like it's something for us kids like kids people to laugh about because it's like, oh, you know, wow. We we grew up on movies like this because like, you know, we were when I watched that, I was like, this is good. This is what, the, you know, like I had no compar- like, right, I had right. comparisons, but I'm like, I, I grew up watching things like Spy Kids. And I'm like, I recently rewatched that. And I was like, this is awful. Oh, yeah. This is <laughs> Not awful. Not much holds up from your youth. <laughs> right. But definitely in a way that like, that's just kind of what I was used to, you know? And I was like, this is everything for me. I love it. Yeah. And I think maybe that's, that's always why 
like I think the prequels will always feel lesser to me than the original trilogy because I can still watch the original trilogy. And granted, you know, the special edition crap that's been thrown in, you know, throws me off on some of it. But if you mm, watch, if but, if if yeah. you let me watch the original trilogy in their original form, I still think those movies hold up today. Yes, I because agree. Of, I think the practical special effects really make those movies hold up. Versus, if I want you to your point, like you watch the prequels now, especially on these high tech four K TVs we've joke. all got. I watch it and go, oh my god, this That's just really looks, bad. This just looks horrendous. Yeah. It reminds me of. When I, st- when I first got my new TV, it had, like, the motion scrubbing thing on, and mm. I didn't turn it off at first. Mm. You know, which, you know, it, folks, if you've got motion scrubbing on your television, turn it off. Seriously. <laughs> Everyone hates it. It's awful. I remember watching it, the first Harry Potter film, oh. or one of the first Harry Potter films, well, and yeah. seeing, like, a Quidditch scene. Or the and that is the most awful-looking special effects I've mm-hmm. ever seen in my life mm-hmm. when you're watching it in high high def 4k with motion scrubbing it looks terrible i was like i've got to that was the reason i turned that off Mm -hmm. like i can't stand to watch anything like this because it looks so awful it's so clearly bad and that's and that's a lot of how i feel about the prequels regardless of whether i've got motion scrubbing or anything i watch a lot of that (laughs) and a lot of those special effects i'm just like man is it my tv that looks as bad or is it yeah exactly i'm like oh but i think i kind of think like when we're talking about you know some of these stories that have spun out of it like i think dave filoni clearly has an affinity for the prequels. Yes. And and he's also become probably the most important person shepherding Lucasfilm content mm. at this point. Mm-hmm. But I think he also what he I think what he did is he looked at the prequels and said, you know what? There's some amazing stuff happening in in these in this story, in the background. There are. Look there are the amazing batch. stories. Yeah. Which was Bad Batch this year? I forgot. I probably, I sh- probably oh, that should I have been on the list. I, but yeah. I didn't figure you would probably watch that I anyway, am. but um, but the fact that, like, you know, that we're telling these stories that are set during that era, and, and again, being able to go down that road of how badly the Jedi messed up and the mm-hmm. reason why all this happened, mm-hmm. I think that's stuff the movies should have explored and didn't really get into it, and instead focused way too much. I mean, I, I can't imagine. It, it baffles me to think of a kid sitting in a theater and be like, "Yeah, trade federation disputes, woo!" Yeah, that, not know? gonna happen. No, not gonna happen. And, I, and I'm not saying there wasn't good <laughs> stories there, but that's the stuff like you spread out over a TV series yeah. and can find some compelling stories to tell there. But yeah. again, in a movie where you just want to see the Jedi and their lightsabers yes, and the battles right. and stuff, yeah. Like I think there was there was an opportunity. There was some good stories that exist in the prequel universe. That Lucas and his crew did not know how to tell in those movies. It just got broken down in Clone Wars. Like yeah, I think that's how a exactly. lot of like because I mean I think even like I could still today watch the prequels and be like, oh my god, so, you know, these are like not layman terms they're saying. Like, what does any of this mean? And I have to turn to my husband and I'm like, what does that mean? And right. then he's like, well, it's this. But with like the Clone Wars, I feel like since yes, like that was catered to. Whoever wanted to watch it, it felt like it was catered to kids because it came on Cartoon Network, I think. Right, mm-hmm. right. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, there was that, like, bit of description when it came to, like, okay, the reason why this is happening is because this kind of dispute, and that means that the supply chain right. is whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, oh, there you go. There's some 101 for me because I didn't yeah, know what that yeah. was when it was voiced mm-hmm. in uh, 10 different alien languages. There's, the Jedis like, are trapped behind alien lines. Yeah, you know, okay. The supply chain has been cut off. Anakin Skywalker has... You I a love, good impression. I love that stuff. I like Because it's this old like Saturday matinee serial stuff, which yeah. was part of Lucas's inspiration for Star Wars anyway. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yeah, but I, I just feel like they... like I feel like folks like Filoni and the folks that worked on these on these newer shows watched the prequels and, and probably had the same feeling about it. We're like... I, 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 I like I so I love this because it's my Star Wars that I grew up with probably, mm-hmm. but 
there's so much more going on behind the scenes here that we're not getting. We got to fill it. That's in. the stories we need to be telling. Yeah. And I think they're doing a good job of that, almost to the point where you're kind of like making the prequels seem cool again. But then well, maybe I'll go the watch a prequel. The then. Well, true, but I'll still yeah. I will go back and watch a prequel and go, oh no, this is still yeah. <laughs> kind of awful. Like, <laughs> well, Darth Maul too. I think like honestly, with watching the Clone Wars and and. Uh, even I think in Solo there was like a mention of Darth yeah, Maul. Yeah, the very the end. end. Yeah, but he like took over one of the crime syndicates or something. Yeah, Darth Maul really, you know, with that like the Seven Sister and the the like Legion of Darth Maul esque yep. people. You know, I mean, I feel like that he was just like a big bad there, but they really didn't like dive into. It. And I just, I think that's why I appreciate the concept of like Star Wars shows and shows mm-hmm, in general, mm-hmm. just because like there is that like prolonged. 10 or so hours to just like dive right, into right. like someone's backstory or oh they come from this the planet of spiders right. you know it's just like right. there's like yeah. a uh, and you don't have to be beholden to again to appealing to a giant mass audience mm-hmm, that otherwise mm-hmm. doesn't care about star wars and mm-hmm. won't consume right the but it clearly the, did the tv content i mean it was on yeah. for forever and and you know they they gave us that season seven and so many people yeah. thought you know waited for that to happen yeah. so clearly it was hitting its numbers and wasn't like a poorly syndicated thing or anything like yeah. that, but mm-hmm. it hit the right audience. But <sighs> yeah, <sorry>. yeah. <laughs> word vomit. <laughs> All right, so the prequels are kind of cool again. Yeah, okay. I think the prequels. I think the backstory I think to the, them is, is kind of cool. The prequels have inspired good stuff because I, I have to stop and th- say, "All right, this wouldn't this show Obi Wan, this Obi Wan show, right? The Clone wouldn't Wars have, cartoon, right, yeah, the Rebels yeah, yeah, cartoon, yeah. those don't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you didn't make those prequels, that's right." So, like, I have to appreciate what that's those true. inspired, yes. even if the original product is eh, kind of mediocre. I appreciate what it inspired, at least. So, <laughs> that's my take So, on are they going to ever do, go back and do a redo on some of those? I think that would be uh, a good point. Yeah. You know? yeah. I don't, yeah. I, yeah it's I not going to be like Taylor Swift relaunching her music. Well, but it's like, like, well, it's like all the people that watched every single of the new Star Wars movies and said, I wanted the, the X cut. I want, you know, right. Abrams to go back yeah, and yeah, redo yeah, The yeah, Last yeah. Jedi. I want... Right. I don't the, think you could convince Hayden, or I think I think Hayden's done. Like the way he, like I mean, he came back. He's gonna for, be in the Soka. Well, true, but I feel like it was a lot to pull. Like because even just like with things that were before that came, ugh, things that came out before Obi Wan, I feel like he just disappeared. He didn't yeah. act. Mm, he wasn't yeah. acting. He like it was like Did, like the glass house and jumper jumper. Yeah. yeah, it was 2012, and he just like stopped acting. So it was like they really he must have just you know he's got kids now and yeah. he went to just, Tatooine. <laughs> he's in seclusion on Tatooine. He just needed to chill. He just, but <laughs> and he had, and he had to he had to leave to go do an Obi Wan Kenobi show. You know, yeah, on Tatooine. <laughs> on Tatooine. Yeah. Well, he wasn't there, I guess. So. Oh man. All right. Uh, let's get into Andor here then. Um, so this has been the latest Star Wars series. Um, first of all, I like like it was a twelve episode series. It's been it the longest long. thing they've, long. they've done. Yes. Uh, and this is man. This is a this is a very different kind of Star Wars show. Mm-hmm. Um, for one, and I'm going to let Marco weigh in on this in a moment here. No Jedi, no lightsabers, no mention of the Force. I don't think anyone even mentions the Force at all. Not even, I don't think anyone even says, may the Force be with you at any point. But essentially, and I'm, I'm again, I'm not going to give away too much here because okay. Sam hasn't la, finished la, the series. La, la, la. Andor tells the story. So Cassie and Andor, if you watched Rogue One, which has become one of my absolute favorite oh, Star Wars movies. I love that movie. Yeah. Again, because it is a different type of story. It's yeah. a it's a the war quality, story. The quality, the quality is yeah, off the charts. Exactly. Sure. It's mm-hmm. just a it's exceptionally well. Well, a lot of the same folks, Tony Gilroy, a lot of the same people that worked on that movie came over and did this show. So Cassie Andor was introduced in Rogue One as kind of like a rogue working within uh, the, re- the early stages of the Rebellion, someone who wasn't afraid to go out and kill someone if he had to in order to 
for the rebellion's, you know, oh, motivations. He was tapped into the rebellion even early on on this. I thought he was kind of he is that rogue character. No, no, I'm talking but... about in in Rogue One, the movie. Oh, I'm sorry. Was, I apologize. Yeah, yeah so gotcha, giving that little backstory. This is his backstory. This is his backstory. Sort of like yes. it's. I think it's funny because the show is called Andor, and it's definitely about him. Mm-hmm. But there is so much more to this show is about that mm-hmm. is beyond anything that having to do with him. So essentially, we're following him in his early days, and we kick off with him basically searching for his sister, which I kind of forgot about that. That's where the show started. He's looking for his sister, hmm. runs afoul of a couple just of imperial goons, yep, like right. low-level imperial officers or whatever on some planet, yep. has to end up killing them, yep. goes on the run. The Empire is searching for him. But that sparks a whole it does, character arc you, now. Well, because yeah. also you get into this whole big storyline of what's happening in the Empire. And, yes. and essentially this show becomes, there's kind of three storylines, three major storylines. But I like that show. part of it. Go ahead. Right. There's mm-hmm. there's essentially like what happens with Andor, like what's going on with him, you know, on the run, trying to sort out, you know, what he what does or doesn't want to be involved in because he gets involved in stuff that he doesn't really want to be part of, but he also needs to for either for the sake of money or to get out from underneath the potential grasp of the Empire and stay mm-hmm. under the radar. Uh, and there's also a story going on about the early days of the rebellion, and you get Mon Mothma in the Senate trying to fund the rebellion. Essentially, yep, yep. you get a new character called Luthen, who is kind of working behind the scenes and is kind of you know bridging the gap between the folks on Coruscant that are you know trying to fund and work with the rebellion, and also sparking the original rebellion and mm-hmm. you know driving some of the, the early missions and heists and whatnot that needs to be done in order to great character to fund them in yeah. order to just start you know destabilizing the empire. Yep. And, and then you also have, you know, Andor's story, or I'm sorry, then you also have the the story of kind of what's going on in the Empire itself, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I think, it, to me, the Empire stuff is some of the most fascinating part of it, because you get to see just the awful bureaucracy yes. that a fascist state falls into, <laughs> where you've got all these people that are clawing and vying for, you yes. know, power. positions power. and power. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the character of, um, I cannot remember the guy's name, the, like, the guy that kind of, like, the low-level bureaucrat guy who wants to take on the Andor case because the other guy tells yes. him like it's not worth mentioning. Right, gets himself involved trying to trying to yep. find him and track him down. Yep. He's such a pathetic, he pitiful pathetic. character, Just a and punchable yet face. he's a fantastic character at the same time because he so represents uh-huh. like well, what he, he someone, comes back at the end. Sorry, spoiler alert. Sorry, it's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He so represents what someone just. Like it just swept up in this mm-hmm. bureaucracy. He mm-hmm. wants the power and wants to get closer to the middle yep. and wants yep. to wear the white suit and go Agreed. beat up on people and be kind of a jackboot thug or whatever. Uh, yeah. No, he doesn't do the dirty work. He tells people to do exactly. the dirty work kind of a thing. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. all these characters. You get this character, Deidre, who is like a, you know, again, an up and coming imperial agent who clearly has kind of been, I don't know if it's like a sexist thing, but like she's clearly getting pushed aside when she's trying to, you know, yep. come up with, with maneuvers and. Yep trying to find ways to, you know, yep. flush out this this potential rebellion. And and then you're also seeing, again, the slow machinations of the Empire and, like, kind of the banality of evil, mm-hmm. this, of, mm-hmm. the stuff they do. I, you know, again, not to... Oh, man, I don't think I can give this it's away okay. a spoiler. It's okay. It's totally okay. Don't even worry. It's All okay. I'll say is there's, there's a moment when you learn about something the Empire did on a planet. I don't know if you remember this. That gets used as torture for a character. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, so there's yeah, a character yeah. that gets tortured using right. mm-hmm. the sounds of a dying race of people that the Empire wiped out and recorded their sounds in order to torture people with mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. It is one of the most harrowing and awful things I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's so, it, but it works so well. And it's, and it's such a clear indicator of like how awful the Empire, the Empire is. is. Yeah. And yet you've also got it, but, but I think also what's interesting though is you're also telling this story that's clearly about a bunch of people who are living under the empire that 
don't really have any skin in the game. Mm-hmm. And again, this is where like I like the fact like you look, mean the low level people. Yeah, well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. just somebody living on a planet, and you get to see this like yeah. Andor's home planet. Yeah, where you've got people that are kind of wanting to rebel, but you've also got a lot of people that are just like, look, I just want to live my life. That's exactly. I right. don't want to draw the attention. We don't need the Empire showing up here. I don't yep. want stormtroopers yep. around. Yep. Let's well, just, even the people he killed were there. Were yeah, the, exactly. They were like, let's yeah, just let's just know. live our lives and go about and go about our business. And I think there's a fascinating story there about how you know you, you like we we always in the Star Wars movies we want to condense this idea around like good evil, good guys that you know fight the good fight mm-hmm, to take mm-hmm, down the bad mm-hmm. guys. But in the meanwhile, in the middle, there's you've a lot had, of gray. You've had a good ten plus years of this galactic empire, this fascist state that has developed. That is just going about its business. There are a lot of people that probably live very comfortably within that. And even though they don't like it, they're just like, I'm just living my life. You know? That's right. And, and there's a lot of analogy, obviously, to, you know, fascist states in our own world mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like to just survive. Just yeah, survive. exactly. Just people that are just like, look, I don't, you know, like I don't like the fact that I live in this state where there's this horrible dictator who's doing all this bad stuff and I could get murdered in any minute for saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing mm-hmm. but I'm just trying to live I'm trying mm-hmm. to live I'm trying to I'm mm-hmm. trying to survive I'm trying to feed my family mm-hmm. trying to take care of things no I don't want to help you try to take down the big guys because I'll probably end up dead and everybody I love will too <laughs> sure I want to like in my heart but right, like, am exactly. I going to take any action on it because no I'll be dead in like two seconds exactly Sorry. so I feel like they do a great job telling that story so I'll, I, I've been rambling here um, I'll let you no, guys no 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 I like all that I like what it. you're tapping into because I, I think the empire angle of it was has been very refreshing mm. in this whole series to kind of see some of the underbelly starting to develop there a little bit uh, and see where it, to me it was always I don't know I always just thought this empire was this thing that already existed and it right. was a well-oiled machine and you know no. but there's some cracks in the armor and there's oh, yeah. you know there's a very even humanistic element uh, I mean that's think, think about it. like you know like dictators and fascists that try to like run a country yeah, and how right. much trouble they have yeah. with that we're talking about running a galaxy. freaking galaxy <laughs> <laughs> thousands of planets you're trying to keep under your heel yeah. you know with you know they don't even have the death star yet you know they're just like you know just running around in some spaceships and a bunch of people with guns you know but like, but isn't it a little serendipitous that they really they're drilling into that one occasion where where he killed the two people. I mean, it's like they're really drilling into. Yeah. To me, I you know I, I t- sometimes take a step back and it's like, are we do we do we? I mean, because there's a lot going into that, yeah. right? I mean, they're they're pouring into this uh, this one, and I, so I didn't. I don't know if that's a little bit of a disconnect for me that you know I know they got to tell the story and they got to amp it up a little right. bit and 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 you know indicate why it's so important. But um, anyway, yes, I love the I love where they're going with that and his story alone. Uh, I like the character arc although i'm feeling like i need even more on before this now right, you know like, how did he get to be such a he's he's a killer i mean he's you know he can do you right, know, right? right i mean how did he or is that is that in one of these I that i haven't watched yet where the the i feel like the like the planet he's from cassian yes yeah. that we know very little about yeah, it's a very interesting like native like story there lord like, of the flies-esque yeah, it was like a it was like Planet. a native like cult. No they, parents. Yeah, they were kind of telling a story almost of like how native cultures can get swept up by colonists, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, like, like mm-hmm. you know, colonizers, and mm-hmm. and you know how like basically their entire culture essentially seems like it's been wiped out. Like mm-hmm. he he and I guess if his sister's out there because he's looking for his sister, right, are potentially the last of their race that even exists oh, in the galaxy. Okay, you know, just like okay, and they, yeah, yeah. And basically, all basically, the empire just showed up there because they wanted to mine the planet. They wanted to mine its resources, yep. mm-hmm. and they essentially wipe out his people, and you know, a whole culture just gets completely and utterly lost yeah, yeah. just because they want to do some mining. And that's yeah. again, that's something that 
So maybe we, I don't need to like overthink science, it. He's, he's a scrappy guy. That's, yeah. that's what he is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been someone who's just had to learn how to get by. And I mean, yep. and if you think about it also, and again, very analogous to stuff that's happened in our actual world, yeah. is he is essentially a native kid who got kidnapped by kind of like the white savior type thing. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, we, mm-hmm. and we've seen, again, we've seen that happen in our own culture and society mm-hmm. where he basically got kidnapped, brought into a whole new world and a new society and raised with this woman, you know, that kind of became his mother you know, and, and, and yet was removed from the world he lived in. But at the same time, if he hadn't, he would have died there, you know, mm-hmm. like he wasn't going to survive. Mm-hmm. So like, I think there's an interesting kind of like, you know, should we have left him there, even though he probably would have died with his people or is this for the best for him? But also he's totally lost his culture essentially and no longer connected to it. I don't even know if he even knows the language anymore at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, there's, man, there's just, this is a show with so many layers mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. at all times. And then, and again, I don't know. I, I don't know if you're far enough along to have seen this yet. You get into incarceration too. Yes, right. And a, and a really interesting kind of a couple analogy and metaphor yep. about our incarceral system. That's right. And like kind of the yep. the um, uh, new version of slavery that we've kind of built into a lot of prison systems these days, mm-hmm. where you've got indentured mm-hmm. servitude of people mm-hmm. that are serving out sentences essentially so they can work for private corporations and do a bunch of stuff for them. And that's exactly what sort of is happening there. I, I'm not going to give you much of that away because that it's is okay. <laughs> that is probably some of my some of the best episodes I think of the series are what takes place around the whole prison storyline mm-hmm, that goes on mm-hmm, there for a while. Mm-hmm. So there's just there's just there's so much going on in this show. And I will say, and a lot of people have said this too, like when I first watched those first three episodes, which they were They're wise slow. to release the first three yeah, at once yeah, 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 yeah. because stuff doesn't really start happening until the end of the third one. It's a slow burn to start. Plus, I think you have kind of mini arcs. It seems like every there's like. Th- there basically is four arcs of three episodes each mm-hmm. that kind of tell you different different parts of the story. Mm-hmm. And it's a slow start, but once I got into it and once I understood what they were doing, and once I also realized that this was a 12-episode series, because I think when I got to around episode five or so, I was like, where is this show going? We probably only have a couple episodes left, right? And then I found out, like, oh, no, this is 12 episodes. Like, okay, we got a little more time to let this breathe and grow. And I think that's when I fell in love with it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Marco, yeah. what about you, man? I know... You binged most of it yesterday, actually, and and I know you're you've you've mentioned before you're a, you're a lightsabers and force and Jedi kind of guy. I am. Um, I I agree. I didn't like the show until maybe the prison stuff started yeah. happening. I thought the what I'll call the second half of it was much better than yeah. the first. Um. Yeah, I mean that's kind of my thought <laughs> i needed some i i really wanted some mention of jedi or lightsabers or the force or something in it but i also understand why they didn't do right because as far as everyone knows the jedi are gone yeah and it wasn't casual talk right you know it's it, they're so far removed from the jedi right. council and and all that stuff you know and that reminded me of another thing too because i was thinking about this the other day too that the idea of you know not having jedi and force and lights are people not talking about this stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the vast bulk of the people that live in this galaxy have never met a Jedi. never never, never picked up a lightsaber no. may not even know what the force even is absolutely it's 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 if fantastical stuff maybe they've heard about it well, probably maybe the go, force is whatever. like a ubiquitous thing that or you know that everybody uh, kind of understands but no, never seen it but yeah, how many of exactly. those people think Jedi's are just like zealots. They're just like right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a religion. It's like a, some mm-hmm. kind of religious zealotry or something. And again, also again, mm-hmm. we're talking ten years. I guess we're like maybe like five to six years of this of this series from the end of the prequels, 
in the fall of the Jedi, I'm sure the Empire's propaganda machine has also been out there. Oh, totally. Basically just, yeah. again, drumming them up as like, these were these awful zealots mm-hmm. who were... Terrorists. You know, yeah, the yeah, terrorists, <laughs> keep, keeping the society down or whatever. Because I, I just think, yeah, in general, most people are like, I don't know or care about Jedi because it has nothing to do with me and my life. And, you know, and it's it's fairy tales at that point. It almost mm-hmm. might be a fairy tale to a lot of us, even though we're not that far removed. But again... Again, if you think about a fascist state and how quickly they clamp down on information and what they feed to people and what they tell people is act, is happening versus what's really right, happening. right, 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 right. By by that point, I'm sure a lot of people either are I don't want to talk about this or think about it, or I've been so brainwashed that I, you know, I just I just think those were fairy tales that don't even exist. They were just they were lunatics, you know, that were out there stealing children and which you know they did, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kidnapping children and training them to so, be religious zealots. So let's let's take a sidebar and go down the one one path that I needed you to help me understand, sure. or maybe this is an area where the series can explore a little bit more. Oh, all right, so the guy who owns the the artifact Luthen. place, yeah, Luthen, Luthen, Stone Scarsguard, yeah, excellent work. Bootstrap Bill is he? He's new to this. Yes. I mean, we haven't seen him in no, any of the other. He has not been in any of the. So his character needs to be explored because I feel Probably. like he's really instrumental in what's going on on the rebellion, right? Yeah, but I, I tell you what though, or is again, he just a pawn? Not to give much away here. That speech that he gives at the end of episode six, seven, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Uh, that speech that he gives to that undercover agent. Man, that gives that gives you a lot of what you need to know about him. Uh, that's fair. Where you understand why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. But yes, I'm sure there's more. And, and by the way, if, well, if, he can if say it, heard, but I think there's still a good story there. Yes. Right? So by the way, if you haven't heard, there is going to be a season two of Andor. That's going to be it. Oh, um, only really? One, one more season, and that's it. Okay. Well, I think we're got a couple years to wait though. I think we're looking at 2024 mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. it comes mm-hmm. out. Because mm-hmm. it became very clear to me as we got to the end here. I'm like, there's well, they better a lot, hurry. There's a lot more story to tell here. You mean between then and the end of Rogue One? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I don't like or between the beginning of Rogue One, I guess. Yeah, I'm like, sorry. I don't, right, I, right. I'm assuming, I'm assuming we're going to lead up to a little bit more of like where Cassian was in Rogue One when he's officially working for the rebellion. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and it's kind of full fledged at that point. Yeah, you, gotcha. you see, obviously, you get some of the very, very beginnings of it happening in this yeah, show. But yeah. yeah, so we get one more season at least to, right. to fill this out a little more. But maybe there'll well, be more. I thought his character, I think there's more room there. And maybe you're right. Maybe yeah. I need to go back and rewatch that. The, I think that that speech he gives tells mm-hmm. you a lot about him and his character. It's one of those things where I'm like, if well, they don't does, bother to give us a background on him, I feel like I understand a lot of him just based on that speech. How did he and Cassian come to, to be again? How did they bump bump so into each other? He or? was already working with Bix, the woman that was friends with Cassian. They kind of had yep. like sort of yep. sort of yep. relationship with sort of like. Oh, you know, is like, that the connection? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah, she yeah. Okay. she's been working with the rebellion and basically like sending out messages to Luthen mm-hmm. to move parts, basically to move like equipment, yeah, like stolen yeah, imperial yeah. equipment, supply chain to, to provide. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And basically. Like he was her contact, but he'd never been there before. But he showed up because he'd heard of what was happening with Andor and recognized him as someone that could potentially mm-hmm. be brought into to their, you know, to their movement. Well, it was a good guess. It was yeah. a little bit of a gamble on him. It was. Side, oh but, yeah, it was but it was a much really so. good guess. And and that's and because that, I love some of the scenes between Luthen and Mon Mothma mm-hmm. when you know they're talking about you know what they're doing and clearly she's uncomfortable. Very. With, like what he's doing, yes. and the moves that he's making, yes. while at the same time she's also trying to figure out how to siphon money and move it around in order to fund them. Mm-hmm. But she's also uncomfortable, and yet her own her own cousin is even involved in it. Mm-hmm. And you could, it's I, which I that's she's fascinating too because she's a character that at first I was watching him like. I'm a little bored with Mon Mothma's story here. And then as you get a little further in, you're like, oh, okay, I get like 
the weird position she's in and what she has to do. There's a lot to, more to explore there. There's another one of those well, layers. Exactly. That, and again, like it's one of those things, if you stop and think about it, like at some point, if you stop and think about it, like where did the rebellion get what they needed? This is a good do point. They do. Where they got to they they be funded. Yeah. They where do they be, get their ships? Where mm-hmm. do they get their money? Where do they get their troops? How do they bring people in? Yep, yep. How do they stay hidden? Yep. Like yep. You got to realize, like, yeah, someone's got to be working from the inside of this this awful state, and and keep it off the record, yeah. so the empire can't find out about it. Exactly. Very fascinating. Very fascinating. So, very right. very right. good stuff here. I'm looking yeah, forward yeah. to more Andor. This is definitely a show that I'm I'm excited to see what they manage to do in this next season of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. we got to wait a little while. So in the last episode was really good. Yeah. Yeah, was pretty good. Finish well, the well, series well, so we can well, talk well, about well, Sam. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> what about? It's all right. I mean, because there's a lot of folks that maybe you listen to this episode that haven't, you know, finished the series either. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. still fairly recent. What yeah. about that little teaser at the end, the the last episode? Oh yeah, the little the little of what the parts. Were. I I had a feeling that was the case. Did you? Yeah. I didn't really know what the parts were for, but I thought, oh, okay. I had a feeling. Oh, wait. There's, I missed this. I'm not going to. Oh, we'll talk. We'll talk about this maybe after Sam goes because I don't want okay, right. to. Because it talks about too much of the prison stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but there's a. There's so a, we, we, we know what they were making yes. now? Oh, dang it. Yes. They, it was a little mid credit scene or okay. end credit scene that they stuck in. Dang very, it. very brief. But. Dang it. Okay. Anyway, all right. all right, so let's wrap up here talking quickly about what's next for Star Wars. So we know for sure that coming in 2023 is Mandalorian Season 3. Okay, we're good with that. should be early should in the season. Good. We should be getting that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ahsoka series should oh, be out sometime probably finally. in the summer. Yeah. I, what I, are your expectations? Where uh, does it start? Where do you think we're going to parachute in at? I do you know? I think we're gonna. I think the main (laughs) story is gonna be taking kicking off from where she left at the end of Book of Boba Fett, where she's heading off. Because we know her goal is to find Grand Admiral Thrawn, presumably because she's looking for Ezra Bridger, who was Mm -hmm. a character from the Rebels cartoon, a Mm -hmm. young Jedi that she helped mentor and train and worked with at the early stages of the rebellion. Mm -hmm. I guess we're going to probably get, we know Hayden Christensen has been cast in the show. So we're, we're going to get some flashbacks Mm. to her as his apprentice, I assume. So we can understand that relationship because again, it's the kind of thing where like, you can't throw this show out there. Assuming people have watched seven seasons of clone wars and four seasons of rebels. Yeah. 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 Like you have to assume people have not watched any of that stuff. Yeah. So they're going to have to give some context and help you understand that she was Anakin's apprentice. Yep. Got it. And what happened to her at the end of the Clone Wars, how mm-hmm. she got away from Order 66. Mm-hmm. I imagine we'll either that'll like, be we spread explore out. we got to that a little yeah, bit. Either that'll yeah, that'll be spread out or that'll be maybe the first episode or two will give I you a see. lot of that context. Okay. Do you think right. there'll be a duel in between them? Because that happened in Rebels, but... Yeah, I mean, you might see them sparring, but you're not going to... Who? Ahsoka, Ahsoka and Anakin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, well, I, I think that's a lot of what that's. In order for Marco to watch, we have to have something like that. Oh, there'll be trust me. This this old one will be in his wheelhouse. There'll be plenty okay. of force stuff. Plenty, plenty of force. Of plenty of uh, yeah. And also, assuming we're gonna get at hopefully a good dose of Grand Admiral Thrawn outside of Ahsoka, probably my second favorite character in the Star Wars universe. Fair enough. I wonder okay. who they'll cast. Oh, I don't know. Oh, surprised none of that's come out yet because we've yeah. we know obviously we know who's playing Ahsoka. Sabine has been cast, mm-hmm. so you get it. That's another character from Rebels. She's kind of a pseudo Mandalorian. I guess yeah. she's a Mandalorian. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She actually was the heir to the dark saber, right? Yes, well, but declined. We, we saw her name Mando. Yes, no, but... yeah, no. We saw um, not Sabine. That was. Um, Damn, yeah, what's her girl, name? That one girl. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, she's got a name. Well, she thought she was getting the throne. Right. Okay. So Sabine is is another character who ran with the Rebels crew in the cartoon. Got it. Got it. She's been cast for this. Ezra Bridger has been cast, actually. Mm-hmm. Not someone I know whatsoever who he mm-hmm. is. 
I'm I'm assuming they're saving the Thrawn reveal for a while. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't even officially tell us that he's in the show until he appears. Like at in the, the show. end, yeah. right? Or he's yeah, like, yeah. got to keep that hidden. Stem yeah. off. I because for again for any people who've been fans of the expanded universe and Thrawn does appear in the Rebels cartoon also. Mm-hmm. Like that is a character. Like when when Disney wiped the expanded universe and said no, all these books and stuff mm-hmm. that you guys did yeah. over these this is crap. Years doing, is gone. Right? Yeah. I think the thing most people were pissed off about more than anything Thrawn. was Thrawn, mm. and that's why he ended up getting inserted into yeah, Rebels. Yeah. And now there's a whole new series of books about him and the current canon that fits in there. And mm. man, I cannot wait for that. that Ahsoka's, Ooh, Ahsoka's gonna be Lars my Mickelson. Have they cast it? Yeah. Are you serious? Is that for real? Is that stuff? Oh casting? no, it's just in Rebels. I'm sorry. I just like Google. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, never mind. Sorry for the, how do you do that? Because he was for the fake he was Jin's father in Rogue One. I don't think you can. That'd be, oh, that'd that's be a, right. I mean, Grant, he's he's blue, so I guess with the makeup, he wouldn't make it as well. But I think Jason Isaacs would be a good the guy who plays Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. I just the, the, yeah. the villains of the the yeah. things that I've consumed in my life. I feel like Jason he makes Isaacs a good would be good a really good um, Thrawn because he's and then like, he then he could have been part of Star Trek. Harry Potter and Star Wars. Wow, that's a trifecta. That's a probably, trifecta he's probably right done there. something for Marvel or oh, yeah. probably or yeah. Disney, other Disney properties too. Yeah. So is that all we're getting? Is Mando uh, and uh, Ahsoka? I, I, as far as I know, has been announced yeah. at least. Okay. Is Pers- there not another Bad Batch? Did Bad Batch? Yes, come I'm out? sorry. There oh, is another season batch? of Bad Batch coming. That's coming next year also. So I got to watch that. There's been it's rumors. Very good. January is it good? 4th, 2023 is okay. when the first episode. So we're not that far off from that. There's been rumors we might get some more visions, but I don't know if that's going to happen next year. I'd be interested to see where that goes. Just like. From creators in the space yeah. and yeah, having right. their own like rendition of things. Yep. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we got some more tales of the Jedi also. Mm-hmm. So especially yeah. as you unveil more characters. Yep, yep, so yep, yep. what are you guys expecting out of season three of Mando? Like I feel like we're mostly gonna get into him trying to reclaim Mandalore and right? rebuild Mandalore. Well, I don't know, what else is I don't know but him. he's got some work to do because he's been shunned. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's he, he, he can't just the go and show up. But it, but the wielder of the dark saber is also supposed is to be that, the leader of Mandalore. Well, I understand. Yeah. I, <laughs> so you got a dichotomy there, right? And I don't. He doesn't gonna, want it, but he kind of is. Are they going to yeah. come out of the gate with that? He doesn't want it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be. We're going to explore more Grogu, right? There, we got to yes, go down there. That was path. there's like a teaser trailer that came out, and I honestly don't remember much of it because I didn't I didn't want to pay too much attention to it. Uh huh. Yeah, I see. We'll what do we do with Grogu? Grogu? I mean, where where is that going to go? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Know. Like, what, we got to start setting that up. I just don't know what else <clears throat> is left for him in that like babysitter space. You right. Know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's assumed. Well, full... And those timelines are not going to be work because Grogu's on a different life timeline, right? And he's going to be anyway. Go yeah, ahead. he's like Grogu's 50 years old already at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, Mando I eventually is going. Yeah, be... by the time Mando's dead, Grogu might be a teenager. Exactly. Technically. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly. So he's not going to get like you know he's. We're not going to see him grow up. Yeah. Kind of yeah, exactly. I am looking on an article I found that was posted November 6th. The things that are coming next year: skeleton crew. I haven't heard much about that. Yeah, it's, that's uh, right. That's an animated Same. project, isn't it? It's animated, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Taika's undated, don't know when it's coming out, Star Wars movie. Kevin Feige's, I guess, directing a st- Star Wars movie. They he gave is him producing one. something, okay. I think, yeah. Um, Rogue Squadron, which... That's still up in the air. Up in the air. The Acolyte. That is a series. Okay. Like, a, a, like about a dark Jedi, I think. Yeah. That's um, probably not until 24, I think, at this point. Yeah, so this all says 2023, so maybe it'd be late. Maybe. Late 2023, I don't know. And supposedly we were going to have that um, Rangers of the New Republic mm, or yeah, something. Right. Uh-huh. I haven't heard but of But I don't that know what's happening that because of the whole Cara Dune situation yeah. where that actress mm. kind of got booted out. So. Yeah, right. And she was supposed to be, I think, the, she the, was kind of key. The lead of that kinda show. Kind of key to that. Yeah. yeah. 
So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, if nothing else, like I said, we're getting Mando and Ahsoka. Like, nothing I mean, bad. It's all good. I mean, we're getting we're getting a season, another season of uh, an amazing series that we all love, and my favorite character getting there. You series, go. So. Yeah. They better not mess it up. Money That's all I got to say. Money out of my wallet. Yeah. Money yeah, exactly. coming out of the wallet. I yes. re-upped my Disney for another year, Disney Plus for another year. Not that that's ever going to be in question. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, that does it for our Star Wars Spectacular. We'll do one little tech connecting type moment here in a, in a moment. But first of all, before we wrap things up, I want to, as always, thank the sponsors of the Tech Connect Podcast. Because this is the last episode of the year. And we got to wrap Let's give off. the rundown because there's so many. I can't do this every episode. That's Remember right. them all. I'm always afraid I'm forget. I've got the list right here in front of me. So these are all folks that have sponsored our Tech Connect program. Uh, which also sponsors the podcast, essentially. Elo, Zebra, Honeywell, Epson, Intel, Advantech, and Star. Thank you all so much for sponsoring uh, this show. Absolutely. The Tech Connect program. I guess actually I'll throw in DataLogic and HID Global in there also. Yep, because they do a couple. Tech Connect program yep. sponsors, mm-hmm. too. Uh, and then also thanks to um, some other folks that have helped us out along the way and provided some uh, some subject matter subject, extra yep. fours mm-hmm. like Code, Citizen, Seagull, Microtouch. Seriously, we appreciate you guys. We love what you've done, you know, that you're sponsoring the show. Hopefully Mm -hmm. you're getting what you need to get out of it. We appreciate all the amazing people that you have let us talk to in the past year. Yeah, it's been a good Um, one. We're looking forward to another year. We're already starting to make some plans. We've got some ideas for shows coming Mm -hmm. up in the new year. Maybe some live stuff. Can I drop Uh, that? Sure, go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Let's let's throw it out there. What's what's happening? What are we doing next year? I don't know. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we gotta we're gonna have a few TechConnect live. TechConnect podcast goes live episodes. Like Literally live. Where like, you'll be join us live. Watch yes. the episode as it's happening. And then, we'll, of course, we'll still film it and release it as well. But yeah. All uh, good stuff. Keep your eye out on that. If you're not, for any reason, subscribe to, like, Blue Stars newsletters. YouTube. If you're not following us on YouTube mm-hmm. or on LinkedIn, make sure you're you're following us because that's where you'll be uh, kept appraised of all this fantastic stuff that we're yep. going to be doing. Yep. Of course, as always, we want to hear from you. Uh, even if it's just your hot Star Wars takes or stuff that you want us to be talking about in the new year, guests you'd like us to have on the show, topics you want us to cover. First of all, there's always a link in the show notes to drop us some topic submissions. Uh, if you just recall, about a month or so back, we had one from one of our, our friends that reached out and asked us to talk about being a new VAR in the mm-hmm. channel. Uh, we had that episode that came out and, and, and covered that. That's the kind of stuff we want to hear about. So tell us what you want to hear about on the show just for submitting a topic idea to you. We will send you a Tech Connect podcast t-shirt. There you go. Boom. It's not as cool as my Star Wars t-shirt, nope. but, but it's Maybe still you like, need a Christmas gift to give somebody. Yeah, there you right? go. Yeah, we can, exactly. we can rush you a Tech Connect podcast T-shirt, and you. Yeah, can give I'm not that to actually. I'm not one. promising that. With this episode that's coming out just a few days. <laughs> actually, I think this episode might be after oh, Christmas. In fact, okay. Well, I don't the post, remember the timeline right now. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. maybe you're shopping for next Christmas. Next you Christmas, want to get a yeah. jump on it, there or you you're go. shopping for Valentine's Day or something. Anyway, nothing it's a says love shirt. like a Tech Connect podcast T-shirt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So submit your ideas, and we'll be happy to send you a shirt, even if we don't use the idea. But really, we want to hear from you and what you want about. You can also always keep connected with us and reach out to us. On Twitter, we're at TechConnectPod. You can also email us anytime, techconnect at bluestarinc.com. All right, let's wrap up here with yes. a little special What's Tech Connecting segment. Absolutely. Um, you know, a big part of Star Wars I can't Wars believe we haven't the, gotten into this already. Well, we've talked about the gadgets and the toys and the yeah. ships, I think. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. let's talk about the visual effects. You know, Star For Wars sure. has was a pioneering, the original Star Wars trilogy yep. pioneered a lot of amazing special effects. Absolutely. We've talked about there's a lot of practical effects they pulled off. And obviously the prequels, you know, George leaned into a lot of the uh, the CGI, early CGI, which hasn't aged well, but give him all the credit for <laughs> even doing really it. 
try because again like if you watch like a modern marvel movie for instance yep. like those movies are rife with cgi in places yep. where you don't even realize don't even CGI. realize it now and no, i think, you don't even I think know. it took someone like a lucas to say like hey this is viable yeah we can do even this. though it doesn't look didn't look as good 20 years ago as it does now you can build an entire movie out of I think it people standing in front of a green screen and nothing Absolutely. is, everything's going on inspired around. Inspired a whole new generation exactly. of folks saying, oh, yeah. So the question I have is I wanted you to maybe tell us, you know, one or two or more of some of your favorite VFX moments or shots or mm -hmm. things that happen in, the, in any Star Wars movie or TV show. So, uh, Sam, I'll let you kick off here. What what's some What's some special effects stuff that have stood out to you? Oh, dude, I don't know. I guess in, like, a sarcastic way, it'd have to be, like... <laughs> In the Clone Wars and in the prequel movies, all the just all the clones are just like just so dumb and they're just oh my god and just just so like I just and Jar Jar Binks is such a funny stupid little oh. in a sarcastic way I just love the quirkiness of all that the Clone Wars uh, yeah so yeah. you're so you're looking at like ironic VFX yes yes yes, yes, yes. The like well the VFX that makes you cringe and roll your eyes the when what is it the in the second prequel movie when all the clones are just like walking down the hill yeah, and it like yeah. literally looks like it was shot like in a Teletubbies like <laughs> background like it's so like the sky is too blue and the ground is too basically too everything green. in that shot was all CGI it except was, maybe there may have been like one real the, person like, at the front or something the like ship thing coming just looks like a baguette like just coming <laughs> down and I'm like ah oh, so funny so good so like yes my oh, awful horrible humor is just gotcha. that's what i like <laughs> okay okay i got you <laughs> kind of like it makes me think of like this is an early cgi goro from the mortal kombat movie the <gasps> old mortal kombat movie yeah. you want to talk about some of the most awful cgi you've ever oh, seen literally. in a film mm -hmm. and for a very low budget film already yeah. anyway yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. all right Dean, what about i you? got two of them okay so the, the, to, to me because i was old enough to remember when new hope came out right. or the, you know the first one the opening scene is the best. Yeah. It is t yeah. still to this day. I can watch that, yep. and you know, just you know, the little the ships ship flying down, the, yep. and then the big ship. I mean, just it's only what maybe a minute, yeah, tops, if that, maybe a couple. Yeah. But that yeah. was so you know because the only thing that was out at that point was like like Battlestar Galactica or something well, like that. Actually, Battlestar Galactica, I think, was after Star Wars. Even. Oh, was it? Okay, it inspired it a lot. Could have been. Yeah, I mean, but there was like, nothing what, looked Gordon, like that. You know, <laughs> right? Which is hideous, hideous video, <laughs> really visual cheesy effect. effects. I mean, yeah. like a step above um, whatever. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't remember the movie, but anyway, really bad visual right. effects. Forbidden Planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not good stuff. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just you know, awesome to see that. It just yeah. set the tone yeah. so well for the movie. What was going to come up? It's like, oh my gosh, this is yeah. not like anything that I had ever seen I, before. Like I, because I was months old when the original Star Wars came out, and I, you know, like I'm pretty sure I probably saw it for the first time on TV or something. Like I, I distinctly remember seeing Return of the Jedi in the theater. I, I probably saw Empire also, but again, I would have been three at the time, so I don't remember it at all. But the, I can't imagine what that had to have felt like. Yeah, to have sat yeah. in a theater and yes. watched. That come across the screen. First, I mean, not only first of all, you have the bombastic music, yes, the big Star Wars, yeah. the crawl telling you the story yes. thus far, yeah. and then suddenly here's a Corellian freighter and this giant triangular star. Which you don't know any of that, you know, but as a little boy sitting in movie theater, all that's like, what? What is yeah. going on here? Pew pew pew! It's like, yeah, yeah this I would, is, I would this imagine is like I, yeah. I would have been watching that and just went, I'm in. Yeah, right. I don't care exactly. where this goes from here. I'm in. I'm but here. but it, then to appreciate what they actually had to do to pull that off. Oh yeah, I mean, again with the 
visual very effects of that, effects, yeah. nobody was doing stuff like that no. back then. I mean, it looked photorealistic. No. I mean, you you felt like you yeah. were floating in space watching yeah. that. Watching I love that seeing some of the old productions, you mm-hmm. know, photos and stuff, and like seeing the models and the sets that they built and how they painstakingly you know shot stuff. You know, like I mean, they could take weeks just to film. You know, a couple minutes, yeah. like even a minute yeah. of footage of a you know right. of a ship flying around yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Now, then, the, my number two is you know now fast forward to Rogue One, the Battle of Scarif was you know just that whole that whole thing. You can, yeah. you couldn't do that back in the no. original days, no. but even today, I mean that is that is really really good right. stuff. Right. I mean, just magical what they can do on yep. screen with all. Yep. That. I mean, just the intricacies of and how many ships are out there and just just the whole thing is like yeah unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a few I have. So going back to the original trilogy, um, I think the Battle of Hoth. Like oh, just the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, battle yeah. with the Imperial Walkers yes. on Hoth. Like, yes. It's it's one of the so in the you know the special editions when they came out and they updated a lot of special effects. There was a little bit of tweaking they did to that because they didn't do much to Empire. Mm-hmm. That was the one movie they didn't bother touching because it's already a perfect movie. Come on, right? <laughs> and so, but what they did is they cleaned up a little bit of the special effects in that, so you mm-hmm. couldn't quite like occasionally there was like some bleed. Like you know, if you were watching through the cockpit of one of the snowspeeders, mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm. you'd see some bleed over effects of a walker mm-hmm. where you shouldn't have been able to see it and mm-hmm. stuff. And they cleaned up a lot of that. But even before all that. That sequence, like the the stop motion animation and just the kineticness of that battle, and you know the 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 setting and the snow speeders, still works and walkers today. and yeah. the people on the ground, like like that was a scene. And then, of course, John Williams' music is all perfect at that point mm-hmm. too. Like that was stuff that I remember watching that and thinking, like, this is amazing. This, this is, is why cool. I love this stuff. Yeah. It's so cool to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Uh, another one I add um, the you know, kind of going chronologically of stuff came out of here um, in The Force Awakens, which, you know, granted, I have very mixed feelings about mm-hmm. those movies too, but the scene when they steal the Falcon on Jakku and go for their flight through like the wrecked Death Star and the TIE fighters are following them, that whole sequence is amazing. Isn't it amazing? It's yeah. so, like, yeah. again, an example of like, what I remember and thinking was amazing about watching the Falcon flying around battling, you know, TIE fighters and stuff back in the original trilogy, watching it with the newest version of special effects mm-hmm. and how insanely fast it could move and just, you know, the way the camera angles were changed and stuff. And some of that was just, that blew my mind. I, I In fact, I was amazed by how much of they showed of that sequence in the trailer mm. because I'm like, man, this stuff is gold. And granted, you know, you want to tease people in the trailer for mm-hmm, really cool mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's one of those things like, man, I would have been fine not having seen that in the trailer <laughs> at all. And to come into this sequence blind and I would have been blown away blown by away. that particular yeah. sequence yeah, for in general. Sure. So, for sure. Um, uh, the uh, Vader's assault in Rogue One when he <gasps> yes. takes out all the troops. Granted, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of special effects there, mm-hmm. but I think it was the fact that like, that, again, to Sam's point earlier when you're talking about Vader and what he can and can't do, mm-hmm. we'd always seen Vader as just the big guy in the bulky suit. Yep. Even, I mean, he has, you know, he very, you know, appears very quickly in the end of, you know, the prequels, the the last film, just in time to come out and go, no, you know. (laughs) But, like, it was always a feeling of, like, look, I know this guy is supposed to be terrifying, and he's supposed to be able to move and be scary. Mm -hmm. And that whole sequence of him just ripping through those Mm -hmm. rebellion troops and just cutting them down, just walking through that hallway, and the way the lighting was done, and his lightsaber lighting everything up. All of Rogue One was honestly just... It is. It's a... Anamorphic 
camera and the yeah. 70 millimeter lens yeah. just completely just yeah good I, stuff. I feel like Rogue good One stuff. is the Star Wars movie yeah. that not enough people talk about and yeah. yet anybody who I know who's a real Star Wars fan that's like their true acknowledges yeah. like this is an amazing movie like yeah. you have to acknowledge how yes it's 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 a kind of a fill-in film mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. doesn't tell you anything you kind of didn't already know right and it's nothing really to do with the rest of the Skywalker story but man what a beautiful amazingly well done yeah. movie yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the last thing I'll add, because it's something more recent, and this one I'm not going to get into too much detail, but they're in Andor, one of the latter episodes of Andor, because again, a show that's very grounded and not really about, you know, space battles and laser guns and lightsabers mm-hmm, and stuff, mm-hmm. there is a brief kind of space battle that happens in the second to last episode, I think, yep. with uh, Luthen's character in particular that I just thought was so well done. It was, it was one of those well sequences done. that I thought was so well done when I reached the end of it, I rewound it? and watched that again. Because it was like a quick, like maybe like three-minute sequence. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, was, it looked so good. It and, did. And I guess also because this was, again, where I liked Andor because the special effects they dole out. Mm-hmm. Like the... Have you watched the heist episode yet? Have you at least seen that where they, they pull off the heist? Not yet. Okay. No, I'm like very early on. Because those effects are... Beautiful and amazing, yeah, too, right, actually. Right. I probably should have singled that out, too, because that whole sequence is mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So they, they don't dole out the crazy special effects very often, but when they do, it's amazing. And that particular sequence towards the end of the series, so short and simple and really not significant in any way, mm-hmm. but it was one of those things I was like, this was so this cool was to cool. see because yeah, right? yeah. we hadn't really seen much of that in the series. No. And I was fine with that. Very little. But I was like, oh, man, that was that was a neat little sequence yeah. there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was my last one. <laughs> Good stuff. Exactly. Good stuff. All right, that does it for there us. There you go. Right. We've, we've burned another hour and a half or so here of, on to of, next year. of Star Wars content. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll be back again next year to do it all again with Mando Season 3, Ahsoka, whatever else comes out. So thank you so much, Sam, Thanks, for Sam. joining yeah, us as thanks. always. Uh, thank you to you for watching this year. We will be back probably sometime in January. Yep. Uh, keep an eye out. We'll have new episodes coming soon. So thank you so much for watching. It is time for us to unplug for this episode for the year. Until next time, yeah. may the force be with you. Podcast is also brought to you by ELO. Are you looking for the kind of displays that stand out and help entice and engage customers? Yes, you should be. Well, look no further than ELO's large format interactive digital signage. Nice. With size options from 32 to 65 inches, ELO offers touchscreens that add brilliant interactive canvases to any environment with sleek, slim designs built to withstand the rigors of continuous commercial use. Another little sci-fi throwback. You see a lot of screens in sci-fi that are like old like CRT screens. I was just about to go there. I feel bad for the people of Star Wars on the visual effects side that have to keep living I in know. this three by four aspect ratio. It's like, no, <laughs> you wouldn't have had that. T- it's okay. It goes to show you that even the... I think Elo the, needs to start giving them screens so that they can just put yeah, it into exactly. their, you know. It goes to show you that even the imagination of science fiction couldn't produce stuff that looks anywhere close to the displays nice. and screens that we have now. There you go. But then again, also, it was probably like there was no good way to get replicated either because if you actually yeah. wanted a video feed running through a screen, yeah. you just had to use the technologies available of the time yeah so yeah yeah fair uh, enough t- too bad you know like you know, so elo you know you can you can be the uh touch screens of the future there yes uh maybe when they redo star wars for like the 80th time they can elo put, should be put elo touch screens yeah. in there and all touch yeah. Them. yeah now we know that elo prides itself on modularity and choice for any need 
Here are just a few options that are available with their their large format screens. PCAP or infrared touch technology. Nice. Anti-friction glass. Mm -hmm. Touch-through capability. Mm -hmm. So you could have like maybe some glass over yep. it and touch yep. through it. Touch Pretty through cool. it. Nice. 4K options, computer modules, and edge connect peripherals. Boom. Lots of great stuff. Oh, and by the way, that last part's really important. Edge yes. connect. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, ELO backs all of this up with a minimum three-year warranty and optional on-site exchange if service is needed. Check out the link in the show notes to browse the options, specs, and to buy Star Wars. Tech Mech Podcast is brought to you by Zebra. All right, guys. So one of my favorite things I think about Star Wars is, especially some of the newer stuff, is mm -hmm. they're still using tech that kind of looks a little 70s and yes. antiquated-ish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even though you would think it should all be shiny and new, some of it actually looks older than the tech that we actually use right now, doesn't it? <laughs> right, a little bit. And I think yeah. that's, kind of, that's kind of fun. Yeah. But let's be honest, in the modern world, you want some more modern technology. It looks a little yes. better than kind of the weird green screen data pad stuff they it might be using in Star Wars. <laughs> Uh, so Zebra's got you covered here. They got some. They got some tech that looks a little more modern, but and probably would fit in in what Star Wars would really be like. Introducing the TC53 and TC58, the first members of a new generation of Zebra mobile computers designed to do more. Now, what makes these devices so different? There's new hardware that redefines mobile computing performance, new solutions uh, and sensor technologies, as well as the latest and fastest wireless technologies, including 5G, Wi-Fi 6E, and CBRS. They redefine the world of possible. A class-leading full HD plus six-inch display helps workers to see more, do more, and scroll less. Man, if the Empire actually did have this kind of right? technology, the Rebellion probably would have stamped down in no time. <laughs> so thank God they didn't I mean, get sure, it. sure, they had starships and blasters yeah, and stuff. You whatever, know, you know, but, but they didn't have all those connections yeah, and their, stuff their like tech that. Was, yeah. Their tech looks pretty old school. It looks like old what we were school. using back in the 80s instead. Yeah. For sure. Uh, with Zebra-only mobility DNA tools, the TC53 and TC58 deliver a built-in advantage, maximizing user productivity while minimizing IT complexities throughout the entire device lifecycle. Also, new manufacturing technologies make them thinner yet even more rugged. The TC53 and TC58 mobile computers offer a new generation of data collection, a new level of operational efficiency, and a new level of workforce productivity, driving new possibilities into the world of mobility. For the folks that aren't trying to start a galactic <laughs> Empire and, and thwart everyone in the galaxy. To learn more and find resources like spec sheets, a battle card, and more tools to help you sell, check out the link in the show notes.